It's our regular flu shot Friday, 609 High. Dr. Kevin must be in studio today to poke us. Uh, and uh, we'll have that on the live stream at WGNRadio.com because what's more fun than watching us get shots? The whole point of this is to inspire you to do the same. I had a uh, I had my annual physical last night, and after the giggling stopped, uh, it turns out I'm fairly healthy now. Ooh, so it's good. And rested and ready. For you. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I should sleep more than an hour a night, upside down. But uh, other than that, things look good. And uh, the doctor, uh, Dr. Rambler, uh, wonderful doctor, by the way, uh, was stressing the whole flu shot thing as well. Don't mess around with this, kids. It's a nasty flu season to come, and it's kind of here already. So that's coming up. Let's get to the top six at six. From the Steve Cochran Auditorium in the lovely Sunrise Hotel, it's time to get your kicks. Get your kicks. Get your kicks. With the top six at six. Sponsored by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling, the 60 Minute Men. Top six at six. Mick Mulvaney, the acting White House chief of staff, confirmed the main premise of the White House Democrat impeachment inquiry. The Democrats at this point still don't seem to know quite how they're going to get out of the clown car and figure all this out. He told reporters the Trump administration withheld the $400 million of military aid to pressure Ukraine to investigate what the president has long insisted was Kiev's assistance to Democrats during the 2016 election. If this all gives you a headache, imagine how I feel. Next. Oh, and by the way, one other Trump uh, item, National uh, Trump National uh, Doral will host the next G7 summit. If uh, the kids don't have vacation plans yet, could be fun. Uh, you know, head down to Doral, catch a few international leaders wandering in and out, practice their language if they're learning one. These are the good times you can have in 2019-2020. Next. Uh, parents found out shortly after 6 o'clock yesterday that classes are canceled for today at Chicago Public Schools and Chicago Teachers Union, uh, uh, bracing for day two of a strike that's put more than 300,000 students out of school. Uh, I guess just assume schools are closed until they're not, because it'll be big news when they're not. And, uh, you know, you can set an alert on your phone. When can my kid go back to school? That alert. So, and obviously, just listen to WGN. I mean, we'll tell you. We're not going to keep it secret. Like, when we find out the teacher strike's over, we're not going to go, don't tell anyone. Uh, we'll be on with it. Next. <laughs> Boris Johnson has a Brexit deal. Who saw that coming? Now, if only he could get his hair cut. Uh, Johnson's new Brexit deal with the European Union uh, is contained in 64 pages of revisions to the old contract and an accompanying roadmap to future relations. The document set out how Mr. Johnson's deal uh, differs from its predecessor, Theresa May. Uh, what does this mean to you? Well, it means to you that uh, if uh, the U.K. economy and uh, the U.K. Uh, uh, culture suddenly crashes, uh, well, we need them. And that's an issue. But as it stands now, it's probably a little uh, more breathy than real. And uh, this, too, shall pass. The uh, folks in the U.K., though, are quite nervous and understandably why. And the folks in Northern Ireland are not happy. Uh, but you know what? You're always going to have somebody not happy. Next. Mark Zuckerberg, in a speech at Georgetown University, defended Facebook as a champion of free speech and democracy. He also contrasted Facebook with China, where the Internet's largely controlled by the government. There's like one in Beijing. There's one big switch. They just flip it, and you get to be on the Internet, or they turn it off, and you're not. 
the social network Facebook has been under fire for years, enabling the spread of disinformation and violent and hateful content. But inflamed more criticism last month of the policy that said it would not fact-check political ads or block false ones. Well, it's not like that went bad in 2016. So I'm sure it's fine. Next! And finally, Samuel Adams is uh, bringing its Utopia's beer back just in time for Halloween. Andy Mazur is in for Dave Ennett this morning, and uh, Jisoo Ki is off today. So, Andy, you're the uh, go-to guy right yeah. now. She's uh, not sick, is she? Um, I don't know. Uh-oh. <laughs> she might be sick of me. The Grzanich sickness. <laughs> she could be sick of me. Yes, and Steve Grzanich <laughs> is also still yes. sick. Yes. Uh, it's amazing, Mary, that you and I are fine. Yeah. Dave Ennett's good. He's just he's good. not here preparing for tonight, I would assume. That's yes, the sir. story mm-hmm. that yeah. he's, mm-hmm. he's going with. So, uh, <laughs> Utopia's beer. Have you had it? I have not had it. Uh, I, it's hard to find. It has a high level of alcohol. It's actually illegal in 15 states. Uh, we're not one of them. Thank goodness. The alcohol by volume is 28%, which is higher than regular beer, which is usually lower than 10%. Yeah, one drink and you're done. So, that's a lot. Vic Vaughn, uh, 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 do you know the, the Utopias? Oh, Vic. oh Vic's not listening. Um, and Vic's waving me off. Wait, Vic's saying I'm number one. Uh, Here he comes. <laughs> Vic, I was wondering if you do a quick survey for me. Is anyone in the newsroom had the Utopia's Sam Adams beer? No, no, and no, sir. All right, so maybe this is fake news. Maybe this whole Sam Adams story is wrong. <laughs> Where'd it come I haven't from? had it either. I've tried a White Claw, though. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, everybody's Ooh. tried the White Claw. I have not tried the White Claw. Really? I'm resisting. Well, it's a big White deal Claw? now. Big no deal. Idea. Would what it be a big Claw? shock if I told you that I tried that beer? <laughs> have you? <laughs> no, I have not. Is, would you consider White Claw <laughs> well, beer, right? though? It's not no, a White Claw's beer. not a beer. It's no. more like a that it's a seltzer kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a seltzer type yeah. alcoholic. It's good. Beverage. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a girl beer. All the millennials are drinking. They're all drinking it. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, it's good stuff. Obviously, it's popular because everybody's drinking it. Men, too? I think men are drinking it, too. Men need to drink it's real beer. And then break the bottle over their head. Uh, yeah, I don't know that beer should be flavored, should it? Nah, well, I mean, there's it's not beer. certain beers It's not that are Starburst. Flavored, yeah. No, very true. So, <laughs> All right, you've been listening to a very informative Top 6 <laughs> at 6, and that's it. That's all today for the Top 6 at 6. No more! Sponsored by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling, the 60-Minute Men. You know, Mary, uh, Dr. Kiff Most has a very special nurse with, her t- with uh, him today. I met that special nurse. Nurse Karen, Super Joe's mom, who had her birthday yesterday, is oh, coming I in today. She's here, actually. And she's going to help uh, Dr. Most Pocus. He has an assistant this year. Yes, he does. <laughs> wow. Bridget Gaynor in later as well. And then Hamp will be on. Jeremy Carlton will be on. Got a lot to do. Hello. It's time to learn it all. You're on Lou's First Call. Lou's First Call is sponsored by Gilkey Windows, Chicago's only family-owned direct-to-consumer window manufacturer. Uh, live at Channel 9, I assume? I am. Hi, buddy. How are you? How are you? I am fantastico. Oh, I didn't answer your question. I am um, 51%. Oh, wow. That's better than 49. Well, that's... Uh, there's... there's uh, there, when you get to those percentages, uh, you know, things can happen. What do you mean? Well, you know, like when they say 51% of people want something, that, you know, that means they win. Yeah. Well, that's it. I'm a winner. <laughs> well, that's how I would describe you as a winner. We're winning 
<laughs> Let's remind people the premise of what we're doing here. Years ago. Oh, my gosh. In the years early, ago. Back, the early, back then, they called you Little Stevie Cochran. In, in the early 2000s, Lou and I got together and when we said, for the good of mankind. Let's on Friday afternoons. I was doing afternoon show. Then on Friday afternoons, let's was give it Friday people, afternoons or middays. It's probably both. Right. I got kicked around to a lot of different shows. They couldn't <laughs> figure out what to do with me. Uh, and I said, let's get Lou on and give one caller a shot at you before Saturday morning. Cause Saturday morning, I mean, it's like a Stones concert, and the tickets are free. People are lining up to ask Lou questions. I'm just all I'm running around the studio, just saying, "Painted black, painted yes. black." Right, because Lou takes that whole Stones analogy very seriously. Right, right. I look like a chicken. So let's go to Juan in Chicago. Juan is the first caller. Good morning, Juan. Good morning. What is your question for Lou? Okay, so um, in my basement on on the floor foundation, there is a hairline crack that spans from one side of the building to the next. And you can only tell it's there when it, when it rains hard enough and it starts, the water starts seeping in. Is there something I can do to patch it up? I mean, that kind of static pressure from uh, the groundwater like that, you, you, know, you certainly could try doing something like patching it with uh, a product called hydraulic cement, which hydraulic cement is something that will help seal up mm, like a small amount of water. And it's a it's a product that you're going to mix up like concrete. You have to work very quickly with this. And what you want to do is not make a huge mess. And so what I would do is take painter's tape on either side of this crack and uh, tape it off so that you just leave the crack exposed and make sure that you run that tape, you know, a good three, four inches on either side of the crack mix up the hydraulic cement and then using a putty knife you're going to go horizontally against the crack or perpendicular rather against the crack and push the hydraulic cement in and then pull it and finish it so you're forcing the hydraulic cement in to seal on both sides of the crack get a nice smooth finish and then while it's still wet peel the tape away and then let it cure now that may help you under you know not a ton of pressure from the water but if the water level gets really high you get a ton a ton of rain and it pops up there then you're probably a candidate for some perimeter drain tile That's how I and feel. a sump pump i've always thought that yeah what you just said <laughs> um speaking of cracks and stuff how about rust stains lou our rust is a texture lou our rust stains on the concrete under the wrought iron porch railing post more than just a cosmetic problem are the anchors deteriorating I mean, over time, whenever you have any direct metal contact to concrete, you will start to get that oxidation, and that's where you get the rust stains. So eventually, yeah, sure, it could rust away, and um, that's why when you, you know, when you drive and you see all this highway construction and they're doing all that metal and that rebar that they're putting before they pour the concrete, if you notice, it's kind of a almost like a lime green color. It's coated with a plastic coating so that that metal doesn't rust within the concrete of the roadwork. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't do any of that or pre-treat that when they put in wrought iron railings. They paint the rails themselves or any kind of piping that goes in the concrete. But when that metal gets there, gets wet, the air hits it, that's where the rust comes. So using a product like CLR and a stiff wire brush 
creating a foam and then scrubbing it, then let it sit there for 20 minutes or so and scrubbing again is probably your best bet to try and eliminate that stain. Uh, should we air? This is just a, a general question. Should we aerate our lawns or is it too late? No, absolutely. I'm actually uh, speaking about that this morning on WGN TV. The uh, I'm not the f- just a pretty face, man. I know these. Things. I know, I know. This is uh, this is the perfect time of year to do the lawn raking and the. Um, and the uh, aeration of the soil to then put down a winterizer fertilizer. One quick thing, too. Uh, I'm actually uh, I'm on the Today Show today at 11 o'clock, at 10 o'clock, rather. And there is a product. It's been out for a number of years, but um, I showed it today. There's a company called Works, W-O-R-X, and they make a leaf mulcher. And it's this electric to, uh, product. It's about $140. And you put your bag, whether it's your paper bag or a plastic bag, whatever you may use in your community, you put it underneath this. And then all the leaves that you rake up when you're doing the, the fall lawn care, you throw in here and it mulches it up. Here's the best part. On average, you'll take what was 11 bags of leaves and turn it into one. That's cool. And for many municipalities... It's a big um, deal. You got to pay a sticker price per bag, and so it's going to save you a ton of money. Uh, it's a very good idea. And uh, in thirty seconds, tell me a cool thing I have to buy from Ace. Um, okay, staying with the lawn um, uh, fall lawn care. There is a seconds. sleeve if you're someone that uses these paper uh, bags to fill up your lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know the leaves inside there. Those bags are impossible to keep open. Twenty seconds. Here we go. There's a plastic sleeve you put inside, fold it over, keeps the bag open. It costs you less than ten dollars, and it'll make your life a whole heck of a lot easier. Fifteen seconds. We got fifteen seconds. And and you can sing a little song when you have it. Do a little well, dance. I need that sing for a sure. little song. Yeah. Uh, make a little love tonight. Liz first call sponsored by Gilkey Windows, independently <laughs> verified to be one of the country's most energy efficient windows. He's going to do some more TV now. Thank you, buddy. Love you. Love you back, and we're back on seven twenty WGM. Doctor. 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 And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? He's Northwestern Medicine VP. And we have Dr. Kevin Wilson, a very special uh, nurse to help him out uh, today as well. Uh, Doc, good morning to you. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for doing this, this annual poking of the staff. I apologize that Dave Ennett and G. Suki are not here. Well, Dave, I know, has work. Is right. G like Andrea, where she's hiding because of flu shots? <laughs> That's you know? what I was thinking. Yeah, I thought the same. Yeah. I don't know that to be sure, because uh, um, I, I, I don't know that. Yeah. But uh, it's highly possible. So let's go with that. Let's go with that. Let's go with G's a big Freddy cat when it comes to getting the flu shot. You know, one thing that people probably don't realize, it's good that you're facing the way that you're facing. Mm-hmm. Because if you looked at that every morning... You would be like... You're talking about the sunrise. Yeah. You need to explain what that is. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry. You're also <laughs> looking, at the, you're also looking at the Swiss Hotel. <laughs> and there's a lot of things we see in the windows of the Swiss Hotel as well. I forgot this isn't TV. No, with my... Um, listen, you and I have been friends forever. With my ADD, if oh, I turned around... Absolutely. Yeah, just be, whoa. <laughs> That'd be the entire show. Whoa. Uh, but at any rate, uh, so we're getting, we've got flu shots. We've got news people lining up for this. we got Bennett Wake Night from... Uh, the early morning first bell. Um, it's the opening bell. I know. How many different names have people given that show? About 27. So everybody's going to come in and get shots. But, Doc, have yeah. you had yours? I have not yet. Well, feel like we should get you one How about today. That? <gasps> There's a nurse here. Hey. I am going to get mine on Monday. Monday we do about 
150 docs. It's kind of an annual thing. We have a lunch oh, for them, and we okay. all we give them a sh- flu shot. Boy, you guys not have a good time, yeah, don't you? Yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, your very special nurse is uh, Super Joe's mom. And uh, identify yourself, and don't just call yourself Super Joe's mom. Hi, I'm Karen, and um, I work with a pediatrician out in Lyle, so I do flu shots all day, every day. Well, plug your pediatrician. What's the doctor's name? Her name is Martine Nelson, and she is wonderful. Wonderful. Now, Doc goes on and on about how great nurses are, um, and he's right. Um, What do you want to say about nurses? The doctors would be lost without the nurses, and I think Dr. Most would agree. I, I think humanity I, would be lost without nurses. Good job, dude. I guess you're not cooking tonight, huh? Yep. There's a Mother's Day gift right there, Joe. <laughs> yep, without a doubt. Uh, so, yeah, Doc, I know you agree with that. Absolutely. You know, we, we say it all the time that doctors may write orders, but nurses deliver the care. And uh, they take the time, the compassion, the empathy with patients that often the doctors uh, don't have time for. Sometimes they're running in and out very quickly, and the nurse is sitting there. Uh, answering the questions, you know, holding the sure. hands, explaining things to them. And uh, since you work at a pediatrician's office, um, I'm sure there's parents who are trying to talk to their kids about why they need this, and the kids are scared and stuff. So what do you recommend to parents to say to kids? I'm going to tell you, when they come in for their flu shots, I suggest that they don't tell them because it's too scary for them. Right. So then we are very gentle. We do it very quickly, and... It works better that way. Yeah, as opposed to building the trauma. Right. Okay. I mean, that's that's fine. You're the one that does it every day, so I wanted to get your take on it. I also understand that you are training for the marathon. I am. I am. Well, smart of you, by the way, to start now. Right. Right. It takes a whole year. <laughs> so. Have you been a runner? No. No. So, but you I look can fabulous. Do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I've Karen, lost I'm so proud of you. This is exciting. It's yeah. really exciting. It's yeah, so maybe exciting. I should do it with I, you. I've always wanted to, and I never met quite. I made would it. You love should. It. I would love it. It's great. I know Super Joe's doing it. <laughs> yeah, right, Super Joe. Some kind of marathon. That's for sure. yeah. <laughs> All right, Doc. Before we get started with the yep. shots, and uh, we do have some listener questions uh, that we asked for. Uh, did we pull these off Facebook? Okay. Uh, what is Guillain-Barre syndrome, and uh, is it associated in any way with a flu shot? So Guillain-Barre is a uh, inflation. That's what I meant, Guillain-Barre. I know you did. I just, you know, you're just the French, and you didn't come out at that time. Um, it's a condition where you have uh, ascending paralysis. And the, the, the body can get completely paralyzed. Well, you don't want that. No, you don't. And is it associated with the flu shot? No, it's not. However, about 1 in 100,000, if I'm not mistaken, are going to get Guillain-Barre uh, when they get an immunization. So it's not a reason to not get it and it's extremely rare in my 30 years i've never seen one case okay can you get the flu shot if you currently have bronchitis it really depends i tell people you know if you have bronchitis and you have a fever you might want to hold off but if it's just a little bit of an upper respiratory cold go right ahead and get it it's not a reason to postpone it if you if you're having 101 102 fever and you have true sinus infection bronchitis versus just a regular viral uri then go right ahead and get it. What about for kids, Karen? When kids come into your office, is there something where you go, well, mom, dad, they probably shouldn't have the shot today? We say exactly the same. If they have a fever, hold off. If they have a mild cold, they should get it. Doc, we talked about the shingles vaccine the other day, and uh, the uh, the listener writes, uh, when I turned 65 years ago, 
I got the old shingles vaccine. Do I need the improved one now as a booster? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And people are really, a lot of people are asking that right now. And I would say if you have a Medicare supplemental insurance that pays for it, it's not going to harm you to get it. Um, is it going to give you a lot more protection? Mm, not a whole ton, but uh, th- definitely the new vaccine is way better than the old vaccine. 630 Texter, my husband had open heart surgery this week. When should he get a flu shot or should he at all? He should probably get his flu shot this week. So there's no reason to not get a flu shot after surgery. So you certainly want to. And we'll, we will tell all cardiac patients, diabetics, all these individuals with chronic illnesses that they definitely should get it. So someone that just had open heart surgery, you certainly do not want to get influenza on top of that. Um, so I would get the shot. Matter of fact, we often give them before they leave the hospital. So not surprising if you do. When I was talking to your colleague, Dr. Ambler, last night in his office, and he was uh, reiterating what you said the other day about, you know, the the educated crapshoot that it becomes every year to get the flu vaccine right when it's made. Uh, The batch this year itself was delayed, which creates additional concerns. Um, But even if uh, one of the four main strains, if I have this right, Mm -hmm. Um, even if it catches a bit of your version of the flu, if you get it, the duration's going to be less and you're going to be less sick, yes? Correct. So we hope that we hit it spot on. But if we don't, we're going to be close enough that you're going to get at least some protection. And it was delayed this year. The uh, What's happened in the Southern Hemisphere was a little bit concerning. What was happening here was a little concerning. So they held off and tried to perfect and decide which one of the H3N2s they were going to put in the vaccine, which delayed it about a month. And it won't delay the – it won't uh, – decrease the number of vaccines available there'll still be 170 million vaccines it's just going to be delayed a little bit so some like uh northwestern we just got our employee vaccines this week and uh karen as a nurse yeah the uh, folks that come in are you seeing i hope i hope less people going well i don't want to get my kid vaccinated for anything uh i would say we see less yes because for a while that was a really big deal right yeah we still see some and uh, the myth, the myth, the myths that are out there uh, can really be dangerous. They can. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at this and the number of deaths, the number of hospitalizations from something that we can prevent with a single shot is big. And you know, um, Andrea Darlis, one of your, you know. Great, friend. great people and friends that yeah. used to be here who yeah. who you got a big shot job at the university of illinois now, yeah. by the way. and she always didn't like the influenza shot and we talked <laughs> her into it i remember she'd go to she'd go to scotland just not to get the shot well she had this excuse once this, that, that she thought would actually work where she yeah. said well i can't have it while i travel, travel. and i'm leaving for scotland tomorrow and then she went to the airport and bought a ticket but yeah. you can have the flu shot and fly oh absolutely <laughs> well, my, my point was going to be that you know right now we're working on a universal vaccine so uh-huh. if the universal vaccine comes through that'll be great because then we won't be doing this every year it'll be more like whooping cough where we'll do it and then give a booster you know five ten years depending on how it pans out and when we come back vivian will explain why she's concerned this morning because she swears the flu vaccine <laughs> makes her sick as we hear from people again and again and again and again uh, but we need to clear up all this stuff because you all need to get it so the rest of us don't get it from you. All right, 650, Doc and uh, and uh, Nurse Karen, before we get started here, um, we need to once again address an issue that comes up every year. This is the uh, lovely and talented producer Vivian here. And Vivian is going to get a flu shot today, but she swears, Doc. I swear. She swears. Every time she gets a flu shot, she gets sick. 
It is true. So uh, two years ago, I got a flu shot, and I got really sick for a good week. So last year, I did not get a flu shot because I was fearful of getting um, sick again. So explain. Yep. Hold. Stand by. All right. Try that again, Doc. So explain to me what you mean by you got sick. I got a fever, um, sore throat, just your regular, you know, cold. So I would have to say that that's just bad timing. The the virus, um, the vaccine that you get has portions of the virus, but it's dead. You cannot get influenza from the vaccine. Impossible. It's not. We're not giving you a live virus and hoping that the body reacts to it. So we're giving you portions of a dead virus that's that uh, stimulates the immune response, and within two weeks you're covered. Now, some people will get uncomfortable. They'll get um, a sore arm. They might get a little achy, but you are not going to get true influenza. That's the body's immune system kicking in and showing that that it's working. So, so a cold is a side effect, or it's brought on by well, her well, own mental instability. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. That's so nice of you. Yeah. Wow. You think I'm going to answer that question? <laughs> Please don't. I won't. I, I, meant, I meant your own charming mental instability. That sounds better. Now. Yes, that's Thanks. right. No, you can get a cold at any time, and you can get cold symptoms at any time, especially during flu season, but the, you're not going to get true influenza. And anybody who has had true influenza knows that it's not just a simple cough and a simple sore throat. I mean, don't forget the fever. It's 103 fevers. It's body aches. You feel like you got hit by a truck. So it is not a fun illness to have. Karen, would you like to cross-examine the witness in any way? <laughs> Do you feel that she is uh, uh, going to be ready now? She's ready. Okay. She is ready. All right. So Viv, get in line over here if you okay. would. Doc, it's not that I don't think you need to warm up. But I'm going to have you do my shot last so we can get the news people through the line here. <laughs> okay. So um, we're going to get everybody lined up over here. Um, Kleppen, you should go, man. you got a newscast to do. Okay. There's Don Kleppen filling in for Steve Grzanich. I do have to apologize for getting my flu shot early. I'm not a traitor, Doc Most. Don't you think uh, Mary Vanderbilt should get an extra one just because she got it early? <laughs> yeah, I want to get a second happen? one, too. What would happen if you got two, yeah. like by accident? Yeah. I don't know. He can't hear me. She was going to go see her grandchild, yes. and she wanted to make sure that she was protected. That's it. You probably see? can't hear what I'm saying. That's it. Yeah, that was, I, I had to go see my grandchildren, and he, Doc Most said previously that you need to get it as early as possible. And yeah, I did. you did the right thing. You're a good grandmother. Yeah. There That's you go. it. All right, so they're getting set up right now. Nurse Karen is rolling up Don Kleppen's sleeve. Okay. Um, you did not wear your shirt. Are we going to get the... Are we going to get the... Uh, I know you're... Vivian, I know you're seriously concerned about living or dying at this point, but uh, could you shoot a little video of this, too? So, okay. All right. So here we go. Whenever you're ready, poke him. Oh, wait. He's got Don Kleppen is now taking off his clothes. He's disrobing. Andy, you should do the play-by-play. I will. Uh, yeah. So uh, probably should have laid a little music under this. Showing off his arms. Kick-a-town, kick-a-town, town. Sun's coming up. Guns are out right now, as far as Don Clevin is concerned. Joe said, let's do some shots. Right? So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even flinch. No, but he's wearing a shirt he wore in The Sopranos when he was an extra. He's got to show off those guns. Uh, it is a 654. The reason, by the way, that we do these live flu shots on the air is not just for the good time, but we want to inspire you to go out and get yours. And it's nothing. It's like a little pinch, people. Yeah, it really is nothing. It's like, 
That's why people should go give blood, too, while I'm pushing, doing... Yeah, and by the way, Mary Vandeveld is one of the most generous people when it comes to that. She would actually go give blood every 20 minutes or so if they would let her. You go every month, right? Or is it six weeks? Eight weeks. Eight weeks, sorry. Yes, yes. Because that's that's the max that they'll let you go. Because it does make you... Well, it does make you tired. You know, a couple days after is usually when I feel it. Just for like a day, I'm a little more tired than I usually am. That's all. All right, so Vivian's stepping in now. Producer Vivian's stepping in. We've got a couple of minutes here. Vivian's about to get poked. Um, Dr. Kevin Most is also taken care of. Hey, you know what? Give Sandberg two or three of them, Doc. She's the boss now. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'll take care of um, And Bennett Wakenight is joining us. Uh, Bennett, very famous radio personality. Such a good crowd. Doc her. was worried the he opening wouldn't bell. Have, have, you know, enough people coming in. Former Mayor yes. Rahm Emanuel has just shown up in the lobby. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot's here. Lori Lightfoot is here. There's some protesting teachers. I'm sorry, Bennett, what? I just got in line. Is there a concession stand around here? Yeah, what do you need? you need a water? Uh, yeah, water and popcorn don't, would be great. Don't these people have to sign a consent form? <laughs> uh, let me go to the phone here just real quickly. Nancy, you're out of question? Yes. My husband uh, had his spleen removed, okay. and uh, the doctor told him that uh, flu shots wouldn't be effective anymore. We just wanted to know if that was true. Interesting. All right, hold the line for a second. Let me yell this question at Doc. Nancy's husband... Why am I yelling? I have a microphone. Nancy's husband had a spleen removed. Well, not a spleen. It was actually his spleen. Uh, is it okay? Uh, or will the, will the flu shot be effective if someone had their spleen removed? Yes. He should absolutely... Yes, he should absolutely, Nancy. I know you're listening on hold. He should also make sure that he's had the Pneumovax... Because um, individuals who have had their spleen removed have a higher incidence of pneumococcal pneumonia, so they definitely should get that done. So the Fluvax and the Pneumovax. Correct. All right. See what we're learning here, Andy? This is good stuff. I, I, I love it. All right, Joe, how are we doing on time? All right, so here's what will happen. We'll continue with this, and then um, I will get my flu shot live on the air. Uh, in uh, just a few minutes, I think Bridget Gaynor is going to be here, and we'll make uh, Big Shot Bridget Gaynor to get one uh, get one as well. All of this, by the way, is sponsored by the fine people at Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. All right, coming up, uh, Vivian, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Are you feeling a little feverish right now? <laughs> a bit of a just cough? <laughs> no, I do want you to report back to us that the psychosomatic sickness that you concoct every year when you get the flu shot is over. Yeah, okay. she, won't, she won't be here Monday. <laughs> and you'll know Do we why. think, Doc, you know, Steve Grzanich, <laughs> what did you say, Doc? She's going to have a fun weekend. She's no, you know. And that's the other thing. It's like, I've got a busy weekend ahead of me. So this is why arm, I'm. The better it'll feel. Move your arm. Okay. Well, Keep moving. should I be doing this all morning now? Yeah. Like, the, well, basically, no. people are gonna basically pretend you're at a wedding and do the chicken dance for the next 10 minutes. Got it. Okay. Thanks. All right. We got a break for the news. We'll come back with more and I'll get my flu shot and get some of these texts in next. Back uh, with uh, Dr. Kevin Most, Nurse Care. Bridget Gators joining us in studio. What a shock. She already got her flu shot. Miss Organized We're for the it. World. We're on it. All right, so, Doc, I hope this doesn't make you uncomfortable, but not only did I take my uh, my sweatshirt off or my, my golf shirt, whatever you could call it, I also took off my pants because I want to be completely comfortable while we do this. Could you explain to the people what you're about to do to me? Can anybody hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. So right now I'm just cleaning off your arms, a little alcohol prep. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now is that real alcohol? Like, so, did you drink that? You, but, yeah, exactly. If you run out of that, do you just throw beer or wine on somebody? 
Theoretically, you could. Ow! Oh, you didn't do it yet. God, that scared Don't me. Don't be a wimp. All right, I'm going to feel just a little stick. Let me know when it's over. We use small needles. Yeah. So really, most people won't even feel it. Do I get a Band-Aid or a gift? Put the safety cap on. Okay. Do I get and something from the toy chest? On. And yep, you can take anything you want out of the toy chest. <laughs> want a lollipop? Get a sucker, yeah. I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, Don Kleppen's no. bitter now because he didn't get anything. Yeah. Hey, I'm the host of the show. True. Um, all right, and I think we may have somebody else coming in, but stand by. A couple of questions that come in from texters in the meantime. And by the way, I'm kidding around here. You should do this every year, obviously. Uh, 309, is there a flu shot for people allergic to eggs? Yes, there is. So we used to be really con- wow. we used to be really concerned about flu shots because we had them all egg based, and now we're be able we're able to make them without eggs. So there's a lot. Um, back, matter of fact, the vast majority are made without eggs. So um, just make sure when you're asking that it's not egg based, but the vast majority are now cellular based and uh, have nothing to do with eggs. Yeah, because I'm all common sense, and my leap would be then chickens can't get flu shots. All right, let me continue. Uh, from the 630, no, no flu shot for me. I don't want to get sick on purpose. We had this conversation last hour, but repeat the answer. Yeah, you can't get sick from the flu shot. Um, there's no live virus in the vaccine that we're giving you. There's nothing we're doing that's going to make you get sick. If you got sick after getting a flu shot, it's just bad luck or bad timing. But the flu shot cannot give you influenza. Um, Dr. Gander, do you concur? I think the message there is, if something bad happens to you, it's your own fault. Huh, good point. Good point. Um, Dr. Gannon has no bedside manner when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. Uh, let me get to uh, Charlotte here. Charlotte, what's your question? Hi there. Um, I just want to say that the senior citizens should be getting that higher dose flu shot that covers four strains. And also, doctor, every year used to say that the senior citizens should get the flu shot early in the morning. And I was hoping he could explain why. All right. Well, let's get that. Thank yeah. you, Charlotte. I appreciate you listening. Charlotte, great questions, both of them. Um, one, you're absolutely right. Seniors should be make sure that they are getting the high dose. So we have different strength doses, and the seniors should be getting the high dose because their immune system doesn't work as well. So we want to make sure we give them the best opportunity for it. And the reason to get it in the morning for seniors is your immune system is the highest in the morning, and it will work the best if you get it early in the morning. Where generally all the good stuff happens in the morning. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, after 10, yep. I can't draw much for anything. 708, what about Serva from a flu shot? I don't know what Serva is. S-I-R-V-A? Does that ring a bell with one of you? Nope. Okay. All right. Let's check that off and uh, <laughs> control the board, Bridget. Uh, 847, so uh, bless you. Thank you. Uh, 847, why do I want a flu shot based on last year's virus? Well, it's really not based on last year's. They look at last year's viruses, they look at viruses from the southern hemisphere, and they look at to see what's been trending over the previous years. So they're really trying to make their best guess for which vaccine or which virus is going to be the most active. Sharon, back to the phone here uh, quickly. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. What is your um, question? I'm 76 years old, have polymyalgia rheumatica, and take 15 milligrams of prednisone a day. Um, should I get the new shingles 
um, shot. Okay. I, I had shingles once, even though I had the old shingles shot. All right, so based on what she's dealing with medically, where are we going with that? Yes. You know, uh, uh radica, she has a chronic illness that's that's very uncomfortable at times. Um, you certainly don't want to get shingles on top of that. The prednisone will decrease your immune system a little bit. That's why we're very careful about giving people uh, antibiotics and stuff when they're on um, uh, steroids. But she definitely should get it because shingles is, again, something just like influenza. You do not want to get it. And once you've had it, you will tell everyone in the world to make sure they get their shingles vaccine. Shar says she has surgery on November 6th. Flu shot, no flu shot. Absolutely flu shot. Get a flu shot. Yep. All right. Um, and uh, Beth, uh, what do you have on your mind, Beth? Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good morning. Uh, great. I have um, two young girls that um, I'd like to get a flu shot for, but I was I heard that the flu mist is back this year, um, but my doctor's office is not carrying it. Mm. So my question is, is the flu mist as effective as the shot? And if I could find the mist so they don't have to get poked, is that better? Yep. Thank you for calling for that, and thank yeah. you for listening. And I was in a band called Flu Mist. So everybody remembers we had two years where flu mist was not available. The um, efficacy of it was questioned by the CDC. Uh, They proved uh, last year that it worked, and this year, again, they've proven that uh, it's going to work. Um, It's good for uh, children over the age of 2 and adults up to the age of 49. Uh, Over 50 and under 2, you can't have the flu mist. The flu mist is a live virus, but it's been what we call attenuated so that it can't cause uh, you to have uh, influenza. Um, But, yeah, uh, for kids, it's great. Uh, Someone like Ross Cochran, it's great as well. Someone that really has needle needle phobia, um, it's great that you're still going to get them covered uh, without uh, causing them any mental anguish. Yeah, I mentioned it was called uh, vasovago syncope, and Bridget has someone in her life who has a similar condition, and she called it don't be a wimp. I believe that was it, right? Wasn't that that's a scientific. That's a Latin name, but okay. so maybe everyone isn't going to follow that. Right. But yeah, basically, uh, that's the idea. Cancer survivors should they have flu shots? This is a texter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about people, uh, anybody with any chronic illnesses, whether it be cancer, heart disease, uh, asthma, COPD. Those are the individuals that we really want to protect because influenza can be deadly. You know, for some people, we say, "Oh, it's ten days of high fevers and not feeling good," but for others, it can be life-threatening, and those are the individuals that we really want to make sure we're covering. What about free flu shots? Is it available, Karen, in the Western rooms? Uh, like the a, libraries and places sometimes do yes, this? Yes, Even right. at local grocery stores, they're free. They're right. free at ASCO. They're free at the... You know, so just call right. ahead before you go over, right? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on an antibiotic. Is a flu shot okay for you? Okay, if you're doing that. Well, again, we'll go back to the infection portion of it and say, what are you on the antibiotic for? If you're on for a sinus infection or pneumonia, something that's fairly uh, severe, then I would say no. Wait till you're done with the antibiotic. Wait till it's cleared. You'll be on the antibiotic for you know ten days probably. Um, influenza has started on the eastern part of this country, but we haven't seen many cases here. But really, you want to have it. You know, the CDC is recommending before the end of October. I always say make sure you get it by the second week in November because of the Thanksgiving holiday travel where we will move influenza across this country. Um, thanks to both of you. And, Doc, anytime you make the effort to, to get down here, it's appreciated. I know it's not easy with all the responsibilities you have, and I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you what you do. You know, the awareness that you just brought up today about the importance of uh, influenza, uh, whether we're saving somebody from missing 10 days of work or whether we save somebody from being in the hospital, uh, it's just important that we uh, take care of those myths and, and 
get the information out and make sure everybody gets takes care of themselves. We've got a million texts we didn't get to. You know what, guys? Let's save these text questions. We'll get them to Doc, and maybe we can knock some of these out Monday when he's back with us. And uh, Nurse Karen, we love your son, Super Joe. Mm-hmm. But we like you better. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Thank you so much. Whoa. <laughs> but uh, thank you for doing this as well. Sure. Mention your doctor again. Martine Nelson in Lyle. Yeah. And, uh, and and good luck training for the marathon. Good for you. Yes, thank you. I'm training to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Right now I'm <laughs> Cheer at, me on. Right now I'm at my first hour. <laughs> I don't know. I feel strong so far. Uh, but thank you for coming over as well. Sure. All right, sure. now go Maybe yell at you. Go, go yell at your son. Bridget Gaynor is here. So, Bridget, I need your uh, viewpoint on where we are with this Chicago teacher strike. We've got 25,000 teachers, many of which are walking picket lines this morning, and we've got 300,000 students not in school. Including um, one in my house that's still in bed. Yeah. yeah, which you're thrilled about, I'm sure. I love late sleeping. So, um, well, where are we? Well, I, I mean, you know, look, it, it's hard to tell inside a negotiation. They say there's a little bit of progress being made. Um, it seemed like a strike was inevitable, that it felt like that's where it was going. So they've been out for one day. Although yesterday, it was because the mayor closed the schools pro, you know, preemptively, so people, I think, could plan. Now they're out again today, and then we'll see what happens over the weekend. The, the schools are open, um, and they're serving breakfast and lunch, which I think is incredibly important because that's where some kids... The where are the, where are the staffers coming for that? You know, I think it's maybe some management, maybe some volunteers. Um, you know, the, Well, they should get of, credit for that. We should laud them. Yeah, a lot of kids, the only place they get they eat during the school day is at school. And sure. so uh, that's really important. But the teachers are, you know, it's not a strike about pay because they got a 16%. It's a strike about what do you really need to have a well-functioning school? And there's this argument about nurses and social workers. Okay, so here's my question. Obviously, we would hope that there'd be nurse access in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, the social worker part, I think, is more important than ever. The part that seemed to be excessive, and by the way, this is a completely legitimate discussion societally, but I don't know how you fold in uh, affordable housing into this and and help solve it. I don't think the... I don't think CTU or the teachers is making solving affordable housing a part of their contract. What they're trying to raise is to say, look. I mean, if it's an awareness thing, that's fine. Yeah, I don't. I, look, I, I think what they're making, they want to make a part of the contract are nurses and social workers. I don't think they're, obviously, they're not trying to solve affordable housing in the terms of their contract. I think the issue is, though, for many, many years, teachers have had to take every single societal problem that that a kid has yeah, which is into the classroom and then you multiply that in some cases by 30. I think the other issue that they're talking a lot about that doesn't get as much coverage is uh, class size which is also I think real legit although you're not actually allowed by law to strike on that. Um, is that right? Know. I didn't know that. No, it's not a strikeable issue. But think about it. Think about it. you have five kids at your house. I have three kids at my house. And but I you have you have three kids sometimes. at your house, and they have two friends each over. Mm-hmm. Okay? So now you got what? you got uh, nine kids at your house. Mm-hmm. And it's bananas. Yeah. Now have 30 or 40 of them in a classroom. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's tempting to look back to, like, well, when I was a kid, we had 35 kids in our classroom, which was not untypical, especially, I think, sometimes in Catholic school. Um, but... The world was different, and and I think that's legit. So they're going to go through these issues. But I think that the mayor and Janice Jackson, who runs CPS, I I couldn't say enough good things about her. I I agree. She's completely legit, and I I think that she has a lot of confidence from 
you know, not just parents and, and other teachers, but also the general public. So I think everyone's in good faith trying to work this forward, and hopefully they're back in school by Monday. I'll ask you a question that you have to answer in less than two minutes, which is completely unfair. <laughs> okay. You deal with budgets. Uh, obviously, the member of the Cook County Board, you guys talk about money. Yep. Um, there's no money in the city. So where's it going to come from? Well, you know, there, there's three things. You either cut something else, you, you know, switch out a service, or you raise taxes. And so what they're going to have to establish is, you know, if you need to, if this gets to hard stops in the budget, which one of those things can you live with more? What do we need more in schools, a nurse or a social worker, if you have to settle? Uh, you know, I, I, I think it all depends on the school, to be I honest I totally with you. agree. You know, some places need probably more of one than the other. Um, all right, more to come. And uh, oh, Dan Hampton's coming up, and this is the part where Bridget Huge Dan Hampton fan. This is the part where Bridget breaks down the Bears Saints game. She's working on a spreadsheet right now. I don't like the sarcasm. What are you talking about? I'm counting on you for your NFL breakdown. It's uh, Steve Cochran Show at 7:26. We continue next on 7:20 WGM. 7:29. We'll get to the news here in, uh, in just about 60 seconds. You're doing something, Bridget Gaynor, very cool later today. And that thing that's very cool is? So, the, you know, I chair the board of the Cook County Land Bank, and every year we find a vacant house and get some developers to donate their services, and they redevelop this house, and then we do, uh, like, a raffle giveaway. And people so write somebody's going to get a house today. Somebody is going to get a fully rehabbed house in Maywood, and people write in why they want the house and, and why them, and, and so 15,000 people applied. This is the third year in a row we've done it. Um, last year, it was incredibly lucky. This young woman who um, was just about to have her first child was doubling up with her sister in an apartment, got this beautiful house, and you know she'll be there today, a year later. She's this is life-changing. Life-changing. So the, at 10 o'clock this morning, they're going to announce who... Uh, wins the house but you know the land bank takes vacant houses they we find young not young but small developers to redevelop them we're just about to complete our 500th house and so the idea is now is you know how do you give back a little bit to the community so we're excited really nice yeah it's awesome very cool that you're doing that it's got to be goosebump stuff for you (laughs) it's it's really really cool you know because that's like you said that's pretty life-changing and and for the block too the house was vacant for this house was vacant for over eight years yeah it's a big and now there's going to be a family living there so it's gonna be awesome yeah, and it's emotional, but I'm sure, too, because the only time I really ever see you tear up is when you realize you have to come in and do this show with me. <laughs> uh, is there, Are we ready? Are we headlines ready? All right. Uh, Gerzanich still on the recovery trail from whatever he's had. Don Kleppens in the newsroom. An animal! Dan Hampton. Dan a young Bears defense. An animal! It's time for Dan Hampton. All right, it's always exciting. It's always thrilling to talk to one of the greatest to ever play the game. Have you seen Hamp? Andy Mazur, fabulous shape. Yeah, he looks yeah. like he could go back out there and play. Yeah, or if he wanted to. If he wanted to, he didn't yeah. have to. He doesn't. You know to. why? Because he and Ob occasionally cause they have a chance each week to beat up on poor little Mark Carmen. And He's you know, like a tackling dummy. That's like a sport in and of itself. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I always worry though if we don't have enough food for the uh, the two and a half bears, uh, <laughs> that they may eat Carmen. That's my concern. Yeah, so that's so, a possibility. So, you know, isn't his wedding coming up? Isn't Mark it? Carmen. Yeah, month if next makes November. It. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to make it because I feel honestly, like I'm a little invested now since we had all the suit discussions, save the date cards. What, what was the. What I wonder if Hamp like? feels the same way I do. <laughs> Hamp, I feel I should be invited to everything, but I really don't want to go to anything. <laughs> so 
<laughs> do you want to be invited to the Carmen wedding, or is it a burden if you are? Uh, you want to be in McCaskey, huh? <laughs> invited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I I I I feel bad for Carmen sometimes the way. You- OB bats him around. It's a, it's like a, a like a video game of sorts. <laughs> and anyway, I told him. I said we'll have a long talk before this happens. So right, we'll, we'll take care of uh, a lot of issues. By the way, I, and it's I not because it's not to, just uh, football. You can break down. You can break down the long term romantic relationship as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the perks of driving Chevy, you know? I've oh, got yeah, all buddy. kinds of uh, insight. Yeah, buddy. All right, sponsored uh, by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Bye yeah. week is over. Bears are back. So Trubisky. Yep, and uh, that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, wow, that's great. We got him back. But, you know, I was doing some stat work, and uh, anytime Trubisky has had more than one week off, whether he's healthy or, or coming back from injury. And the last time he came back from three weeks off with a shoulder injury, he was really bad, three interceptions against the Rams. But he's two and five. So, you know, when I'm I'm looking at this, I, I, I'm thinking to myself, hey, I'm on this team. we gotta, we got to play really good in a lot of other areas, and that means the defense. We, you know, we talked about this uh, at ad nauseum. Hey, they got a chance to be special thus far. We're three and two, and a lot of the reasons why we were not five and zero oh is because the defense has given up some very important drives and scoring drives in the fourth quarter. So, this will be a good test. Make no mistake. You know, a lot of people think, oh, the Saints. You know, they've they've won four in a row with their backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, and they're going to come to Chicago, and our defense is going to rear up and and play great, and we're going to win this game. Well, I sure hope that works. But remember this: the uh, the Saints have got a week off after they uh, they've got a you know kind of a a, a, a layup game. Uh, I think it's against. Uh, Oh, oh, the Bengals or somebody, somebody one of one of those type a Bengali type game. Yeah, and, 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 and at some point you got to start thinking. Hey, uh, you know the words out. The Bears, you know, we got a good defense. We've got to be able to. Uh, oh yeah, they uh, they they've got uh, Arizona. Ah, there you go. They're at home there against Arizona. Yeah, there you go. Then they got to buy. So what I'm saying is. They're going to come in focused. This is like, hey, this is like a playoff game. And then we can rest up and worry about, you know, Arizona and the other teams, you know, down the road. But this is, this has been one of the games, I guarantee you, they, they've circled. Because remember what happened last year. The Bears, the Rams, the Saints, those were the big three in the playoffs. And it was basically who was going to, you know, blink first. And obviously we got double doinked. And then the Rams <laughs> went into New Orleans, and the and the Saints think they got cheated, and in a way they did on that bad call. But hey, this is a this is a big this is a big game game of the week, and we can't take anything for granted. So here's the thing: uh, Teddy Bridgewater is is doing a fine job as the backup. Drew Brees goes out; everybody thinks, well, now they're done. But this, to me, Hamp, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, as a guy at your level as a lineman, you would love weeks like this because here comes a guy in as a backup who's making a name for himself, and you're about to have the old country buffet for quarterbacks and go take him out. I don't know if you remember a scenario, but I'm sure it must have happened to you. Yeah, and a lot of times that blows up in your face because, uh, you know, at, at some point everybody's getting a paycheck, so they everybody is with credentials. Now, remember, 
Tate was a pretty high first-round draft. Yeah, he was. And he got hurt, and then he kind of fell through the cracks. And now he's kind of making a uh, a case for himself to be a starting quarterback somewhere. So, you know, obviously, it, 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 yeah, you can say he's a backup quarterback. You know, Drew Brees is pretty good. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. So, obviously, he would not be the, the starter if both are healthy. But is he as good as uh, Josh Rosen and some of the other starters in the NFL? Sure he is. So, yeah, he's got a lot to play for. But here's the one thing. Sean Payton is really, really, really a smart guy. Yep. And he knows that the last thing he wants to do is to get in a 10-step drop passing game with our pass rush. So he's going to get rid of the ball quick. And they're probably going to be without their super back, Alvin Kamara. So it's going to be, you know, paper cuts. This guy, Michael Thomas, this guy, Jimmy Graham, this guy, that guy, you know, a bunch of quick passes, get it out of the, the quarterback's hands. Try to matric- you know matriculate the, the ball down the field. Fourteen play drives, keep it away from our offense. That kind of thing. So this is not going to be easy in, in any form or fashion. But the Saints are, you know, hey, they are what they are. They they've been beat before. We need to, uh, you know. And here's the thing: the, you know, the line is three and a half. Everybody knows. Hey, everybody gets three. So there is a certain prevailing logic that the Bears need to get back to business. Now, let me just say this. You know, it's been two weeks since the debacle. The Brexit strategy didn't work in London. And here's here's the thing. In August, we're mocking John Gruden and the Raiders. And now our so-called coach of the year and our great staff, we lose. We lose a game to this team that we were laughing at. So hopefully the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of uh, opportunities to kind of go back over a lot of what we're trying to do. You know, check the uh, is, is this the way we want to sure. call plays? Is the starting eleven who we're going to go with? We got you know we got to replace uh, Kyle Long now. And yeah, you got to figure Kyle, it out. Be Rashad Coward. Yeah, so there's going to be some changes, but how we call plays, how we execute on offense. I, I really hope we've gotten a lot of that stuff cleaned well, up. Well, there's certainly time to do it. Andy Major's in for Mr. Rennett today, who's getting ready for the big Ohio State-Northwestern game tonight. Let me get Andy in for one before we do predictions. Yeah, I'm uh, curious about going back to the defense, because Akeem Hicks now is on injured reserve. How does that, how does that change things? Because it seemed like the like the, the Raiders seemed to key on Khalil Mack and kind of took him out of the game in the, last, uh, in the second half. Well, uh, of course, you know, the last thing you want to do is trade a guy and then allow him to kill you. So they're going to, you know, <laughs> set the game plan up. Uh, we can get killed, but not by Khalil Mack. We'll make sure this, we got two hats on it. And they did a good job. You know, half the time they doubled him and kept him uh, out of rhythm. But who's going to step up? Hey, Nick Williams has been playing great. Rory Robertson Harris. I mean, uh, Bela Nichols, he's got a, he had a, a hand injury, but. After two, three, four weeks, it's almost like, uh, okay, enough of feeling sorry for yourself. Get back out there. So it's going to be one of those kind of things where we're going to platoon guys and we're going to hopefully, uh, find, you know, find out who wants to play. But there's, there's no question, you know, the great Edelbradovich has always said we've got so many good players on our defense from the safeties, you know, Kyle Fuller uh, 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 at corner and this, and, and of course, but maybe the best, the most valuable 
was Akeem Hicks because he did what very few people can do, and that is collapse the pocket on a consistent basis. So we need these guys. They got to play lower. They got to play harder. And if they if they get tired, raise their hand. We'll get somebody right. else in there. Uh, Super Joe, give me a score. I got a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a, a close one all the way to the end, and unfortunately, I think the Saints will win. Their defense is really good, kind of underrated. I got uh, the Saints winning 14-10. 14-10 Saints. Andy Major. Bears 21, Saints 17. 21-17, I like it. Bridget Gaynor, you've been breaking this down while we've been talking to Hamp. Give me a score for the Bears-Saints game. Uh, well, no one. It's unfortunate no one can see the complex whiteboard beside behind me with all right. the plays on it. Right, which right. is good because I don't formulas. want to tip anyone off. I get it on the Saints side. I'm going to say it's uh, ten to three. And who wins? I'm going to leave it up to you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna, the suspense is going to be killing you. <laughs> Mary Vanderbilt, do you have a prediction? Oh, Bridget took my score. Well, I had oh. ten, I had ten to seven. Right, so ten seven Bears. Bears. Little Panera is going to come through in the. See if you if we had had a wager, goal. it would have been interesting. What a politician move by you. It's ten three. Either side could win. <laughs> I didn't say either side could win. I said I know, but I'm just not going to tell you. Okay, fine. Do I have to spoon feed everything? Uh, you've met me. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Hamp, here's what I've got. I've got the Bears winning in a squeaker, 24-21, and uh, it's a late field goal, and uh, it's a thriller. What do you have? 10-9. In a, uh, in a game r- reminiscent of 31 years ago when we beat the 49ers and they had to come back here for the NFC Championship game, we won by one point, and it will be a thriller. And I want to see a shot of that, that white... Uh, the whiteboard and the bridge is working off. On it. Send me a shot of that, please. Yeah, you, know. I, you know, I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't want to give Hamp any free material. I, By the way, what time are you guys on Sunday? We are on, and again, with our friends, the Blackhawks, taking over at 6 o'clock, we will go to pregame. We go from 1 to 3, so make sure you, uh, on the way down to the game, make sure you turn us on. Uh, the Hamp and OB with Taz Show will be live and in color. One to three. And Monday morning, we'll do it again. Thank you, buddy. See you then. Go Bears. That's Dan Hampton, sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Traffic them more with Bridget. All right, Bridget Gaynor. Uh, Dean Richards coming up. We'll do a little more on entertainment. You just told nice. me something off the air. I didn't know you're doing a college trip. Yeah, don't going down to U of I this is, morning. It is for Finn? My son, yes, Finn, senior in high school. Did you tell him that there's a certain radius he has to stay within you at all times? Well, what I did tell him, I was like, you know, all the cool kids are staying home with their mom. So, whatever. <laughs> Isn't it homecoming down there this weekend? It is homecoming. They're oh, playing Wisconsin. So we're going down. There's like three or four boys with us, and we're oh, going to stay overnight tonight, and then we're going to go to the football game tomorrow. So well, How'd you get a hotel room? We didn't. We rented an Airbnb, because there's oh, a bunch of us. Smart. So, I, uh, yeah. Could so be a fun I'm going to let them go out tonight, so hopefully that doesn't end in total disaster, and then... Uh, well, Take you need some time to break down the Wisconsin uh, University of Illinois oh, yeah, game on your my magic whiteboard. whiteboard. <laughs> in the back of the car. By the way, the Badgers, just their favorite in a squeaker by 31 right yeah. now. I know. It's, yeah. I, what I thought is we're going to go to the beginning of the game, get all the pomp and circumstance of, uh, you know, of all that, and then move on. And then move on. Yeah. See if you could talk to Lovey Smith and have that raccoon removed from his face that's posing <laughs> as a beard. I'm not, a beard, I'm not a beard fan generally, so I'm always happy to oh, give that advice. Nice. How do you feel about goatees? Uh, that's one of the worst beards I have ever yeah, it's seen. Bad. It's bad. Yeah. He's a good-looking dude. What's he doing? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're trying to uh, go incognito? Hmm. I just realized I'm surround. All of you guys have beards. 
Well, Joe has a yeah. full beard. Andy I mean, has not a full Vivian beard. Yeah. Or a Mary, beard. thankfully. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Or the Kleppen. Um, yeah, no, I got the goat, or as I call it, the distraction. <laughs> yes. All right. We'll take a break for the news here. We'll come back. It's more on entertainment in just a moment. And uh, stand by for that. The news coming up from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom right now. Uh, or I should say right after this with uh, Don Kleppen. Stand by. All right. Jeremy Carlton, head coach for your Chicago Blackhawks. Who are they playing tonight? They got the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. The Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. You know what I say? Schmoo Jackets. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State's in town and the Columbus Blue Jackets. How about that? Let's, least... let's pound Ohio all over the town. Let's make it a uh, clean sweep. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Colleton will be on in a little while. And, you know, in the same way Bridget broke down the NFL on her whiteboard, Colleton likes to come to me for strategy, you know, before the game. So here's how that conversation generally works. He goes, Steve. I say, yes, coach. You ready? And he said, yes. Don't don't ever call me at this number again. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Ladies and gentlemen. Dean Richards joins us from Channel 9. Citizens of the world. Some of the world's greatest entertainers are here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you. And tonight, guess what? It's going to be Dean. go back to Channel 9, where Dean Richards is standing by. Moron Entertainment has a special guest this morning, Bridget Gaynor. She will not be an apprentice moron because she has a reputation and a career. I'm far more accomplished than that. Right. But you are co-hosting this morning. Good morning, Dean. Good morning to both of you. Yeah. Good morning, Dean. Don't sell yourself short, Bridget. Yeah, you could get to moron status at some point. <laughs> yeah. So. Give me something to look forward to. Um, I want to uh, reverse this the way uh, we normally do, because it's tightly scripted like the rest of the show is. We rehearsed uh, before the show actually starts. Right. Uh, we do a full, uh, like a, a dry run. And we should thank the crew for putting up the scaffolding and building the sets out as well, don't you right. think? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Believe it or not, we take out the jokes that don't work. We got a whiteboard. We had, we, first we had a bear's whiteboard, now we have a joke whiteboard. Now, I have a theory that Bridget does not know how to relax in any way, shape, or That's form. That's true. Oh. And every, whenever I ask her about her weekend, she always says, I got nothing going on, and she's going to Madrid, and then swinging by Beijing, and then coming up and picking up uh, you know, uh, uh, groceries for a party for I'm going 100. to volleyball in the grocery store <laughs> cupcakes. and the gym. <laughs> Beijing and Cupcakes, the name of her autobiography. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so you're going this weekend on a college trip. Yes. Is that the entire weekend? No. We go down today after here. We I go down and I, we take a tour, and there's all these, you know... I went to U of I, as did my four sisters, So, but I haven't been back there, I think, in 20 years. So we're going to check it out. The boys go out tonight, so hopefully that doesn't end in disaster. They don't want me to come for whatever reason. What? Even though I told them I'm so much fun. And then <laughs> That's a major mistake, Bridget. You've got to be a block behind them at all times. How do you know she won't be? This is the thing. He's They're leaving. He, he's going to be away somewhere in nine months, six months. Like right? He's got to be able to figure it out. So yeah, exactly. I just told him, don't be an idiot and embarrass me or yourself. So they'll do that. We go to we're going to go to a little bit of a football game, and then tomorrow night, actually, the Shannon Rovers, which is a big pipe sure. band, we've they have their dinner dance, and my mom and I are going. They're doing a nice, uh, they're doing kind of a nice thing in their ad book for my dad, uh, who's nice. a big supporter of the Shannon Rovers. So we're going to go to that event, and, and then Sunday. Yeah. Actually, there's an amazing woman who passed away this week. Her name is Jerry McPartland. She was labor leader, first woman on the Chicago Federation Labor Board, but she was in my sister Sheila's union. And she had uh, 12 kids, nine of whom survived. She was a, would rouse in songs. So when, when one of the hotels, um, there was a civil action that 
we did with Sheila's Union where we all kind of did a sit-in on Chicago Avenue in Michigan okay. to protest something that had happened. And everyone gets arrested, but it's not like a big deal arrest. You just kind of walk back. Not like what Dean, what Dean did, hard time clearly. at Attica. So, we were, so Jerry's 91. She died this week. And my mom and I are in the front row with her. So we all kind of like walk up. We go to the bus to get your ticket and get processed. And there's this young guy, policeman. I think he's 23. And Jerry at the time was 85. So he, you walk up to the, the beginning of the bus and he pats everybody down before you get in. And right. so all these people are getting patted down. And she walks up and he goes, he looks at her. He puts his hands up about to do it. He goes, yeah, I, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> she goes, good for you, honey, and, and pats him on the cheek and gets on and then goes to lead everybody in rousing song on the bus. And she... Special lady. Special lady, 91 years old. And I just, you know, she said, she always said she had more pantsuits than Hillary Clinton. But she, well, that's Phenomenal nice. lady. And so her wake is on Sunday. My mom tries to get patted down. Like, Jewel Osco. <laughs> right. Well, it's like that old joke where the, you know, the lady's leaving. Uh, she's walking out of church and she gets held up. And a guy uh, he says, give me your money. And she said, I don't have any money. So he grabs her purse, goes through, there's nothing in it. He grabs her coat, there's nothing in it. So he, you know, he sticks his hand where women often, older women sometimes hold their money. So he goes on one side of her bra and nothing's there. And then he goes on the other side of her bra and nothing's there. She goes, listen, I don't have anything in there, but if you keep that up, I'm going to write you a check. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, she's never going to make more on status. She's bringing that A material in here. That's funny. What a great Chicago character, though, that you described. Oh, it really she's like. phenomenal. She's written up in the Sun Times as a whole write up on her today. But she, you know, as they say, that kind, her kind will not pass this way Sweet. again. Sweet. All right, now, uh, so that's a slow weekend. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's a good weekend. Yeah. You know? Nonstop. Uh, what are we a doing wake, in town a dinner this dance weekend? And a, yeah. What else? Yeah. Is there? What are we doing in town this weekend? Yeah. We, the collective, we, Dean. I'm gonna uh, clean the backyard up a little bit, get ready for winter, but and then and then lay down, take yeah, a nap, and then take a nap. I'll be exhausted. What's uh, what's available in Chicago for people this weekend? Uh, well, Gaffigan's in town. Our our pal uh, Jim Gaffigan's uh, all weekend at the Chicago Theater, and I believe tickets are still available for the Sunday night performance. Okay, so you can uh, you know go do that this weekend. Chicago Film Festival starts this weekend. Uh, there are uh, two new movies opening this weekend: Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Can't wait to see that with Angelina Jolie. Really? I really oh. liked it. I, I, She's I, awesome. I think it's like one of these old-fashioned Disney movies that's not afraid to be a little bit comic book violent. Uh, you know, there's good, good, good guys and bad guys and fighting and you know, like that. But it's uh, it's a beautiful movie and a nice story. Uh, Steve, you will enjoy the spoof of uh, all these zombie movies and TV shows that are out right now. Zombieland Double Tap. It's a sequel to uh, the Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg movie from about almost 10 years ago. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really funny. And this one is really funny and extremely violent, extremely bloody. But it's hilarious. But it's comedy funny. bloody. Comedy bloody. It's comedy bloody. So, so it's okay. So I've got a couple of good movies out. Uh, you know, this week Joker is still packing them in. Probably will be the number one movie again. By the way, our friend weekend. Eric Adelstein, Thursday politics on the show. Yeah, he went to see Joker twice. Wow, loved it. He was in, he was in too good of a mood and wanted to bring himself down. Yeah, well, he said there are there are reflections on the world we live in today. He thought the movie was brilliant because of that. Yeah, it's very true. I don't know if I want to see those reflections. Well, you're going to be too busy bailing out your son and his friends. (laughs) That's right. I better go to the ATM. Right. You need some cash. Uh, Lady Gaga, Stephen Colbert, Kanye. uh, All coming up. Stand by more with Dean and more on entertainment in a second. 
be calling his name. Time back to Dean with a special co-host on Martin Entertainment this morning. That sounds like a good show that Andy was just talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Mm -hmm. uh, Living with uh, Breast Cancer Stories of Hope. Uh, This is, uh, let me see, the first breast cancer special that we did on radio, on WGN Radio, 1996. That's how long we've been doing these now. Uh, every year for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and and amazing the advancements that have been made. Um, it's um, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing of how uh, how treatable uh, breast cancer has become. But uh, Dina is going to be in studio uh, this year with uh, health experts and survivors. I'm going to be at Gilda's Club, and we're going to be taking you around Gilda's Club and showing you all of the services that they provide. Laura Jane Hyde going to be there. Laura Jane Hyde is. Going we to love be there. her. We she love is her. fabulous. Yep. It's all tonight at seven on the big number. Nine. All right, good for you, man. Thanks for doing that, as always. And, of course, uh, I'm, I'm Bridget, Mary, Vandeveld. All you guys are back up uh, this. Uh, the number one defense, uh, and your first line of defense, is obviously self-exams. You know, you got to take care of yourself. And yep. if your body tells you something's funky, call a doctor. Go see him. Yep. For right. men and women as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks, mm-hmm. Dr. Steve. Uh, by the way, you guys were talking about really cool uh, older people that you love. Uh, my friend Emil Esposito is going in the Illinois Golf Hall of Fame tonight. And I will have the honor of being there, a long overdue honor uh, for uh, one of the greatest and the absolute ambassador to golf in Illinois, uh, Emil Esposito. Still a great teacher, by the way. You ought to call him and get a lesson if you're so inclined. Uh, but congrats, Emil. You deserve it. Uh, we love you and look forward to seeing you tonight. All right. Lady Gaga fell off the stage. She was uh, performing at the MGM uh, Resort last night in Las Vegas. You know, she's doing a big residency there. And she does, like, w- w- uh, one show that she does there is, like, jazz and standards and kind of, you know, low-key, uh, although intense and amazing. And the other is more of a pop kind of performance with all of her big hits. So she's, uh, you know, doing her pop show and dancing around like crazy. She calls a guy up on stage to dance with her. And the guy comes up on the stage. She jumps on him. He loses his balance. And they both fall off the stage. Like into the orchestra pit? Well, there wasn't an orchestra. But yes, basically into where the orchestra pit normally would be. It looked like a maybe four-foot drop, four-five-foot drop. Uh, Both were okay. Uh, Gaga got right back up, went right back on the stage, continued singing and dancing. Well, if this guy was a true fan, he would have taken the fall underneath her and saved her. He he sort of did. uh, He when they fell, he was underneath her when uh, when they fell. He was said to have been in tears after this because he lost his balance. He was you know kind of lost his footing when she jumped on him. And uh, so Gaga was consoling this guy and, and told the audience, if anybody uh, gets mean uh, on the Internet about you, uh, I'm not going to be happy about it because she feared everyone was going to be trashing this poor guy uh, as a result of that. And she said, we're just so much in love, we decided to fall off the stage together. That's sweet. Good yeah. for her. By the way, have you ever fallen off a stage? Um, I have. You have? I was doing Our Town, you know, my incredible acting ability. Yeah. And I was the narrator for our town. And the footlights were a little bright. Walked right off the front of the stage. Oh, wow. It was rehearsal. Yeah. But some ordeal, like a four-foot drop. Yeah, it's not good when you're but not expecting. But that play is so depressing anyway that, like, falling and hurting yourself. You're it's kind like, of a oh, comedy it's, it's moment. It's kind of a comedy moment. Yeah. yeah, lightening up the mood a little bit. I told the director, I said, should we keep this in? <laughs> What about that time you were doing stand-up and you called me up on stage and I jumped on you? <laughs> Remember that? I do. Of course I do. 
Yeah. And you know who else did that? Martin Short in a fat suit. Martin Short doing his Jiminy Glick right. thing. He calls people up on stage. Yeah. So I was the guest. Was out at the Paramount. And I don't know, he was looking for a moment, didn't get a laugh, so he decided to get up and jump in my lap <laughs> in his giant fat suit. Yeah. yeah. You were man enough, though, not to lose your balance, though, and fall off the stage. Only because I was sitting at the time. Uh, Colbert gets a new deal. Yeah, yesterday they renewed him until the year 2023. So uh, Too bad this Trump bashing hasn't worked out for him. Nice, <laughs> fat renewal. He's, you know, he, when, he, when he took over that show from Letterman, uh, his, you know the ratings were very more than shaky in the beginning. Now he is the number one late night uh, talk, talk show host. So CBS doesn't want him to go anywhere. They've uh, re-signed him and James Corden both uh, well into the 2020s. It's interesting too, uh, Bridge. I don't know if you look at this stuff, but um, a late late show audience like for Colbert, it's, it's less than a million people. But he puts these clips up all the time. Mm-hmm. And his clips are doing 12 million, 15 million, 20 million people. The whole business model has changed now where all the revenue is going to that. Uh, Kanye, the movie. Kanye uh, West announced that uh, there will be a movie that he's going to be putting out that will coincide with his album that he's been saying for about a month and a half will be coming out any day now. Uh, the uh, Both the album and uh, this uh, movie is going to be called Jesus is King. It's going to be uh, released, allegedly, at IMAX theaters across Chicago on October the 24th. Uh, it'll go uh, open nationwide shortly after that, but tickets are on sale uh, now. Not saying what it is. We, we, he released a trailer that is, you know, very spiritual looking. Uh, it doesn't really reveal very much about what this movie is. So I don't know if it's a concert movie of these Sunday services that he's been putting on across the country. If there is, you know, if, if there's an actual plot to the movie, we, we nobody really knows yet, but... I know you've been waiting for a Kanye West movie. Kanye the movie? I'm waiting for Kanye on ice. That would be fantastic. Skating Kardashians? That would be fantastic. Uh, Have a great weekend, buddy. You too. Sunday, uh, talking with uh, Paul Rudd on on the radio show. Yeah, and you get the full interview. There you go. That's Dean, and that's Moron Entertainment. Bridge, before we run out of time, remind people what you're doing with the land bank today. Yeah, we're giving away a house in Maywood, uh, 10 o'clock. We'll, we'll announce 15,000 people applied, but we had the Downing Brothers, who have a TV show, rehabbed a house for us, vacant. It had been vacant for about seven or eight years on a block in Maywood, and now there's going to be a family living in it after today. So Do I'm you excited. know the winner yet? We know the winner. And Are you excited about the winner? I'm very excited about the okay. winner. Because you had a single mom last year. I had a girl who was just about to have a baby, and uh, this year, equally good story. So we're really excited. Yeah, it's a very cool thing. Congrats on that whole whole program. All right, you as well. And uh, we're coming back with the headlines right after this. Then Andy, Coach Colleton will join us and talk a little Blackhawks on 720 WGN. Coach Colleton will join us in just a second as the Steve Cochran Show continues on 720 WGN. Vivian is going, is this your first Blackhawks game? It's my second. I actually went last week. Oh, look at you now. You're addicted. I know. It was so fun. But is Sunday night Greek night? Sunday night is Greek night. Are you taking your debt? Um, I probably will be taking my debt. That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. Um, and Greek night means what? All of the guys on the team are going to have to dance and yell opa? Yes, and also they're going to have to learn at least a sentence to say in Greek. So I'm going to have to communicate with them in Greek for... Will the entire time. audience be Greek? Um, I don't know, but we welcome Audience, everyone. what am I talking about? <laughs> Suddenly I'm describing it like it's an odd Broadway play. Uh-huh. 
Oh, I'm glad you're excited. Uh, yeah. But you definitely should take your dad if he's if he doesn't have something else going on. Yeah, he's gonna love it. He knows nothing about hockey though, so so yeah, I'm gonna have to. Can we talk to the uh, the Just guys? It's to... like soccer on ice. No, okay, yeah, th- that's a good one. I'll I'll, I'll explain that. We well, talk to the guys in the booth though, and see if they do half the game in Greek. There you go. That that's something. Okay, and it'd be like a translator at the UN. He could have a headset, and he would find out what's going on. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to have a fun time. We'll have a full Greek report from you on Monday. Yes. All right, fine. Coach Jeremy Carlton joins us now ahead of the Columbus Blue Jacks getting throttled by the Blackhawks uh, tonight. Good morning, Coach. Good morning. Andy Mazur's with us this morning as well. Andy, what do you have for Coach this morning? Well, Coach, I'm, I'm curious, too, because you know, you've talked a little bit about the, the schedule uh, that's starting tonight. It's kind of hectic, but it seems like you would rather have it this way than uh, the way it started, at least. Well, somewhere in between is always good. We're ready to play games. Um, I think we've been getting better fairly consistently here. Um, didn't you know? Obviously, the first uh, couple games weren't uh, how we'd like to play, but the last two have been much better. And so now we, we'd like to test ourselves and have an opportunity to get points. And it's up to us to to be good every night. And you know, I think we'll we'll be able to you know, get some results. Coach, I know a lot of coaches do it differently. Are you a talker in between periods or not? Well, we always go in, and I just try to have. I mean, first we got to look at the game quickly and, and compare notes and make sure we're seeing all the same things, and then we'll go, we'll always go in and give them give them some feedback, and maybe it's an adjustment or or maybe it's uh, keep doing what we're doing, and you know it's important that we get the guys a focus for when we go back on. What did you say to them the other night, which made the first period turn into the best period of the season so far? Um, you talking about the second period? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't so much in between periods. I think we, we discussed it in the morning uh, as far as the second periods had been not what we need uh, if we're going to win. In, in my opinion, the second period is really where you show who you are, and uh, we hadn't been good, so... We, we talked about a few key points and really happy with how the guys responded, and, and we did. We took over the game, and, and probably that's where we won the game. So now it's a matter of uh, doing that every night. You shut down one of the best players in the league who's going to be one of the best players in the league for a long time to come. Any secret there you'd like to share with the junior hockey players that are out there? <laughs> well, I, I think the guys who had the matchup, they – they're really committed to it, and uh, they, the, the battle level, compete level is really high. They won a lot of 50-50 situations, and uh, they had the puck. They, they forced uh, that, you know, those players we were playing against, McDavid and Drysdale, to, to play in the defensive zone. And, you know, they're so good. They're going to get some chances, and they did. And they're, they're the types of guys, they, they play a lot. They extend their shifts. And sometimes they, they're able to get away from the matchup that way. But I think as a team, we did a pretty good job also. Uh, Connor McDavid uh, came out a couple nights later and put up a five-point effort. So whatever uh, you put on him, put it on everybody, would you? Yeah, well, I I think uh, mentality-wise, that game, you know, top to bottom as far as our team performance, not just the guys who had the matchup. I think it was much closer to what we feel we need to have uh, long-term success. So now it's a challenge. Okay, we had a good game and we, we got some points. We won. Now we have to follow it up. We got to, that, that, that needs to become our, our natural level, uh, those types of performances. And Crow obviously had a, a great game uh, in that one as well. And, and I'm wondering if it's a, it's a good problem for you to have because people keep asking you about 
uh, which goalie's going to play tonight and uh, what's the rotation going to be. And obviously you're not going to give that up, but uh, that's got to be a pretty good problem to have. Yeah, it's a great problem when uh, either guy that we put in there we feel is going to give us a chance to win, and that allows us to make sure they get the rest and the preparation they need to stay at a high level. Uh, So we we feel really good about our goaltending position, no question. Uh, We know Kaner is fine in the back of the net here. What do you need to do to shake Sod and Taves loose, or do you like what you're seeing and you know it's going to come? No, I, I like what we're seeing. I think Sod's playing as good a hockey as, as I've seen him play, and, and, and Taser I thought was really good last game. And, and he's been, it's not that he's been at a low level. He's competing hard, just he needs a bounce. And, and you know, he got a, got a point there on the empty netter um, last game. And, and sometimes that's all you need just to get a little positive energy going. we got to win, so that'll probably release a little pressure, and, and you know, he'll, he'll score. How impressed have you been with the uh, the David Camp line? I know, I know he showed some signs last year, and now kind of leading the way for that for that third line. Yeah, they've been really good. Uh, just, you know, basically, the entire training camp and into the season here, they've been our best line. So um, it's just finding a way to maintain that level for as long as as they can. There's going to be a game where they're not as good, and then it's about responding again, and and uh, that's part of I think. As a young player, learning how to be a pro, learning how to be someone that you can rely on night in and night out. So um, hopefully he continues to develop. Andy was talking about the goalies. Calvin DeHaan and Ali Mata are both, uh, to, to my eyeballs, uh, great additions. Um, you see them moving up, moving around. You like what you have versus, uh, from a versatility standpoint with them? Yeah, I think uh, the pairs we've had the last two games since DeHaan came back, they're, they've stabilized things for us. Uh, you know, putting allowed us to put uh, Dunk with with Murphy and and then uh, you know Dehan with Gus and and that's you know, as far as the stability of our group, it's really helped. So you know, obviously things can change, but you know, we're looking to get get a roll going and, and some predictability. Hey, you know, Andy, I look at Alex DeBrinket sometimes, and I think, I wonder what time his mom's picking him up after the game. <laughs> It's amazing that that kid is playing in the NHL with that baby face of his. But uh, that's the great thing, Coach, about this Hawks lineup. You can't focus just on Kaner because somebody else is going to be open. You try to spread it out. Maybe Sod gets a look he didn't get before. Maybe Debrink gets open. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, we we got some young players who are coming who who continue to get better. Like you know, it's easy to forget that. Debrinket's still young, and he's going to continue to get better. He's, he's nine. <laughs> excellent numbers, right? But he's uh, it's still early, and so uh, his how he approaches the game and and how willing he is to to continue to learn. He's going to be a huge difference maker for us long term. We've got some other guys coming too, so that's exciting. Coach, how how cool is it for you as a, as a head coach and also for your players to see the organization do what it's doing tonight, uh, bringing back guys like Dave Boland? And I, I know Marion Hosa was around you guys in Prague a little bit, but just to, uh, to honor those teams that, that kind of paved the way to where we are right now. Yeah, I think it's important to keep that connection to to success. And um, it, ultimately, we're here to win. And and so the, the teams that, that had the formula, they had this, the special ingredients. Shouldn't forget, uh, you know, those guys that that helped us get there. And uh, I think it's a good reminder for everyone what we're playing for. All right. So Blue Jackets, uh, who you're focused on, and who should fans look for? 
Yeah, well, they got you know that Dubois, uh, tremendous young centerman, uh, very plays a very mature game, uh, big kid with with skill. He's he's one will be um, will know when he's out there for sure. He's he's a heck of a player. He's got, got a couple of goals early in six games. He's already got three points. Yeah, he's a good player, and, and uh, they got an excellent decor. Seth Jones and Vransky, and you know they they uh, they're a good team. They they had they finally broke through last year, and they did lose a couple guys, but the, the culture and and their mentality of how they play is still strong. So it'll be a good test. I don't know if it's because Andy Mazur's here or not, but I feel like this is the most legitimate hockey talk we've ever had with you. Well, you know what? You brought you did your homework. You asked some good questions. You never know what you get. Yeah, I appreciate the grading. Uh, three stars? Uh, out of what? Well, I mean, I mean, am I the first star of the game? Oh, you're one of the two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach, have fun. Get one tonight. Thanks a lot. Take care, guys. See you later. That's Coach Galton. Out of what? Love it. That's good stuff. <laughs> I see you as a first star. I'm second star. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to take the uh, I don't want to take the first star from you. A good call. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, time now for a traffic update. Mary, I thought that was pretty good back here, though. <laughs> oh, you were strong. You were solid. Yeah. Yeah, it was fair. Yeah. We continue at eight fifty-two, and uh, we say um, I don't know what the right word is for this, but congratulations, thank you to uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan news this morning: an emotional Michael Jordan unveiled the first of two medical clinics he and his family have funded in Charlotte, North Carolina. They're going to provide care to underprivileged members of the community. The six-time NBA champ and Hornets owner and billionaire was on hand for the grand opening of the $7 million, I believe it's Novant Health Michael Jordan Family Medical Center. And he was crying. It was very emotional for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, you love to see when guys that uh, have had success in a certain community, I mean, obviously he played in North Carolina and is from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. To kind of give back to the community, it kind of senses that a guy gets it. Yeah. You know, he understands what it's all about. And you know this, the running joke for years was Michael's got all the money because he never spends any money. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, people think all the time, well, you know, of course, it's easy for Michael Jordan to drop 7 or 14 or 15 million bucks on these two places because he's a billionaire. Right. Oh, yeah, but he doesn't have to. Just because you have money doesn't mean you have to give it away. You made an active choice to do something for the community. And whether it's the maturity of age or whatever it is, it's a really nice thing for him to do. So we salute Michael Jordan for stepping up. The clinic in this first one is located in the lower income section of the city and provide uh, vital access to primary and preventive care to individuals in the community who are uninsured or underinsured. And it's uh, big news and big help for the people in Charlotte. You know what's really hot in North Carolina right now? What's I was just there last weekend mm-hmm. at Pinehurst. The hockey team. Yeah, they're really the good. Yeah. yeah, they're really good. But it's just funny to me to be in the, on the edge of the South, the deep South, and uh, to have people talking hockey. I go, hey, you Blackhawk fans, you look out! Them hurricanes are coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's good to see that uh, teams that are in kind of odd locations. You know, as far as hockey is concerned, you, know, you think about Tampa, you think about Florida. Uh, you, obviously, you think about North Carolina. It's good to see that they're they're bringing some fans out. I mean, the team in uh, the Panthers down in Florida, eh, so so, but the Lightning obviously are always in the uh, contention for the Eastern Conference. So it's it's good for the league. And then you know you're going to have uh, a couple other teams joining uh, soon as well. Yeah, and if anybody can make the Panthers a winner, it's Coach Q. You got that right. Um, and uh, we want to say happy birthday to our friend Ed Farmer. Yeah, he turned 70 today. He's a handsome devil. Yes, he is. Happy birthday, Ed. And uh, you just finished a full season of Chicago White Sox baseball. I did. I predicted that they could go as much as 500. They didn't come close. Well. But I think 
that there was enough positive signs on this team, and Super Joe, resident White, White Sox expert on the show, I think agrees, that 500 or better is a lock for next year. Yeah, there's a lot of thought about that. There's a lot of uh, excitement going into this offseason to kind of see exactly what uh, they address and how they address it. I think general manager Rick Hunt was pretty uh, pretty candid when he uh, met with the media toward the end of the season saying, hey, listen, we need some production out of right field. We need some production at first base. I mean, at, at DH, we've got the uh, – and we'll see if they bring back Jose Abreu, which I think they probably will. I hope so. Uh, you know, I mean, it's there's some interesting uh, and good problems that they're having as well because there's some guys coming up and pushing other guys around. And, uh, you know, Luis Robert more than likely will start the year with the uh, – with the big club, might see Nick Madrigal as well. So it's, uh, there's a lot of reason for excitement. Yeah, and by the way, you uh, sounded great all year, but oh, stepping you. in for Ed at the end of the season with DJ was great. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, the circumstances obviously not uh, ideal because uh, Ed wasn't uh, wasn't feeling all that well, but it's always great to hang out in the booth with both of those guys. They're, they're so good to me, and they're, they're good at what they do. Yeah, and we, of course, will yeah. have White Sox baseball uh, because that's what we do. Uh, Super Joe, you agree with my assessment? 500 or better next year? Yeah, that's got to be the goal. I think, you know, they're far enough along. Andy talked about some of the young kids, but and also what they have to do in free agency. I think this is a big, big offseason. It's much different than last year. Who do you go out and buy? Well, I, I think that the net will be much larger. You know, last year was kind of set your targets on the one big fish, and now mm-hmm. it's, you know, you need you need a starting pitcher. You need a right fielder. You need a designated hitter. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what Rick Hahn and the, and the rest of the and the uh, rest of the front office do. Yeah. They've got plenty of money to spend. Don't they, they do, yeah. They've got some money to spend. And, and don't forget, this year the, the roster expands to 26 men, so there's another guy you have to uh, account for uh, on the regular season roster. I have 30 seconds here. Any chance the Yankees catch up to Houston? Uh, none. Okay, so you're going to have a Houston-Washington yeah. World Series. Pretty interesting little World Series, huh? And uh, it'll be on Fox or FS1? Uh, <laughs> check your local listings for yeah. the station and time in your area. I believe not having the Yankees in the World Series will cost Fox about a bazillion dollars. Yeah, probably. So, news from Martha... What? What? Huh? The news comes next from Northwestern Medicine. Stand by. Uh, Mr. Kleppen is in. We have fill-ins all over the place today. Uh, Andy is in for Dave Ennett. G is off today. She'll be back on Monday. And Mr. Kleppen is in for Mr. Gazanich. Next in the Northwestern Medicine newsroom. The uh, Steve Cochran Show says Halloween is here. Uh, Andy, what are you going to be for Halloween? You know, I was uh, kind of debating about that. Uh, maybe Captain Obvious. Captain, obviously, would be good. Yeah, because I am pretty obvious about things. Super Joe, you got a Halloween costume picked out yet? I've been Batman every uh, year that I can remember, so I am not breaking the trend now. I like you as uh, University of Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, oh, I've tried that yeah. one, too. It's a cheap outfit. It's a hat and khakis. And I do have the hat, and I do have the khakis, and I do have the poho. And the, and the sharpie. Yeah. Oh, got the sharpie. Yep, yep. got yep. The, uh, the play sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Kleppen, you, uh, you got yourself a Halloween idea? I think I'm going to just go as Ralphie from A Christmas Story like I do every year. Well, that's life. a good call. <laughs> You're taller, but that's still a good call. Are you supposed to look like him? I, I did when I was a kid. Yeah, oh, I can really? see that. Mm-hmm. Mary Vanderbilt? I, I don't know. I like the gnome. I like to be a gnome once in a while. Like a garden gnome? Yeah, I was one once year, one year, and it was kind of a cute outfit. I think I still have the beard. Vivian, are you going as a hypochondriac? No. <laughs> Maybe I got a flu shot this morning and she keeps talking about how her arm hurts. She should go it as does. the flu. Yeah. Really does. What are you going to do? What are you going to go as? I don't know. I think I'm going to. I like you as Telly Savalas. Can you find a bald wig? Really? Yeah. You know who oh, Telly Savalas is? Why? Yeah. You know who Telly Savalas is? I don't. 
Telly Savalas was a really famous Greek <laughs> TV cop in the 70s. No, oh, okay. I wasn't born then. I don't know if you No, I know you were born then. I was born in uh, 1993. Google yeah, it. and I was okay. already okay. 30. <laughs> Steve, I think you look more like Telly than Viv does. Yeah, I actually Thank do. you very yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Are we having a group uh, thing this year? No. We're Nick's in oh, that? Sure. No. Well, I wanted to, but next year I said we're not doing a group costume. We can okay. be like Greek gods. Yeah, last year we did that mermaid. Oh, it was a mermaid. It was awful. It was an under the sea theme, and I don't think you it was. You were an awful. octopi. Yeah, that was, it was awesome. No, but it was it's really all part of the next our new company manual. No Steve Cochran show group costume. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Actually, they don't quite get that detailed. Uh, and thanks for asking me what I'm going as. What are you going to be? Well, we're out of time. Um, all right, Shireen. Shireen, Shire, what did you just tell me? Tell me again. Come on, put yourself together. Tell me how to pronounce it. I will put it. myself together. Um, it's going to, her last name is Shariatsadi. Shireen Shariatsadi, president and CEO of Luma 8, Art in the Dark, the Halloween Parade on State Street. And I'm going to go way out on a limb, Shireen, and say I'm the only one that ever struggled pronouncing your last name. <laughs> um, I, and even for my college graduation, they just said Shireen. Just left it at that. <laughs> uh, nice to talk to you. Tell me about the parade. So this is the fifth year of the parade. Um, it started on Columbus, and then last year the Chicago Loop Alliance came in as a big sponsor, and we moved it to State Street, which is a really great venue for it because it's a more intimate. You know, Columbus is a pretty big street. So um, it is Saturday the 19th from 6 to 8, and it goes uh, south from Lake to Van Buren. And the thing that makes it different is, it's a Halloween parade that celebrates Halloween as the artist holiday. So it's a curated procession of the Joffrey and individual artists and kids from After School Matters. And, you know, there's no commercial floats, no waving politicians. It's very wow. spectacle-based, kind of like a Mardi Gras carnival type of thing with a Chicago spin. How and refreshing. it's really fun. And um, because I was listening to a little bit of your conversation about group costumes, I want to throw out that my team and I and my family are all going with a Dr. Seuss theme costume this year, and you might want to consider that. What book? Any book. I'm going to be Max the Grinch's dog. Okay. All right. All right. You know, my bad. my. Mom is going to be thing one and thing two with one of her friends. Well, as you notice, my just, staff just didn't. My, I love this, Steve. You can be the Grinch. Well, I could be. My staff, as you know, didn't give me time to talk about it. But uh, we have a similar thought pattern going on, uh, Shireen. Uh, I'm going as Captain Underpants. <laughs> Captain Underpants books are very, very popular. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, I think question. you could do Telly Savalas in Underpants. Telly Savalas in his underpants. Be, just do a combo. That's good. <laughs> Shireen, you're not old enough to remember Telly Savalas. Yeah. Um, yes, sadly I am. But, um, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm not in studio right now, so you can't tell. Oh, stop it. Uh, Luma 8. What is Luma 8? So Luma 8 stands for Light Up My Arts, and we are an independent not-for-profit, and really what we try and do is elevate Chicago's cultural community to enrich the lives of the citizens, but also create economic impact by drawing visitors and creating iconic events, and this is really our signature event. So we do believe that this is going to be one of Chicago's major draws in terms of, you know, activities and, and holiday events. And so, you know, we've been happy that it's built very organically, really, over the past five years. Again, it is uh, Lumate's Art in the Dark, the Halloween Parade on State Street. Starts tomorrow night at dark? 
It starts tomorrow night at 6 p.m., oh, so that's right at, right at sundown, um, and then it goes till about 8 p.m. Well, it's going to be fun. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And by the way, Thank in case you, you wondered, Shireen, it's Sherry Otsidi. <laughs> that was so well done. Good Thank for you. you. Yeah, I'm a quick learner. <laughs> uh, enjoy your weekend. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. You bet. 914, the Steve Cochran Show continues. Little Katie's coming up. Do you remember Little Katie? I do. It's been a long time. Yeah, Little Katie, the world's smartest second grader, a little late, uh, headed into school today. She'll be on to give her Bears prediction uh, here in a couple of minutes. And then, uh, if you want to pick yourself up a fancy car, the Meekum Auto Auctions CEO uh, is uh, coming on to talk about uh, one of their Meekum Auto Auctions, which you see sometimes on the weekends on TV. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to pick up a uh, Corvair. Remember the uh, Chevy Corvair? <laughs> yes, I do. Well, my parents had two of them. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. A 64 and a 66. Yeah, well, uh, took the year off in between, I guess. <laughs> uh, but first, we take this break, then we'll come back on 720 WGN. Andy Major, you did Padres baseball for how many years? Uh, for seven seasons. And you love San Diego, right? I love San Diego, yeah. It's a nice town. Um, there is a town available that you can buy near San Diego. Okay. You could actually buy the entire town. Trying to find the story here quickly, and somehow I've managed to lose it. Oh, here we go. A whole town with 28 houses, an hour from San Diego. It's on sale for $6 million. Oh, okay, cool. So will they take a check? Or? Um, sure. Okay. It, does it bounce a lot? Uh, you know, they have to wait about $6 million years to be able to cash it, but, you know. $6 million. Let me tell you what you get for that. Okay. And I feel bad that Dean's not on, because normally he's the one offering a honey of a deal. Uh, the, the, and by comparison, uh, we were talking about Michael Jordan earlier. He's trying to sell his Park City, Utah home for $7.5 This town is available for $6 million. Hmm. Campo, California. Oh, yeah. Comes with 16 acres of land, 28 homes, seven commercial properties, a post office, a veteran of foreign wars uh, hall, and a church. So why do you want to spend $7.5 on a house when you can get the entire town? Yeah, you had your choice of 28 houses. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Plus, you probably get to name the town. Yeah, you don't have to call it Campo. No. You get to be the mayor. You're going to be a good name for a town. Kleppen. <laughs> Kleppen, California. Kleppen, CA. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I'd go there. Who wants to go to Kleppen? Come on. <laughs> Casa Kleppen. So if you want to pick this up, if you're sitting around, you got an extra $6 million this weekend. Uh, just Google up Campo, California and uh, sale or go to the uh, Bro Bible website. It's pretty impressive. So, oh, little Katie's on the phone. I know she's got to get off to school, so let me grab this world's smartest second grader, little Katie. Uh, good morning, little Katie. How are you today? P-G-I-S. <laughs> it's a long week, but it's Fanny for the man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not easy being a second grader, huh? You got that right, mister. So, little Katie, um, we were just talking about this. Have you decided what you're going to be for Halloween? Well, I've got it down to um, two ideas. Okay. Do you want to hear them? Well, yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, well, it's either a princess or the notorious RBG. Okay, good, 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 good. And to be honest, I'm leaning Ginsburg, but I want to do the younger Ginsburg. Well, I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court Justice, that's a fine idea. Thanks, Mr. Cochran. I always appreciate all of your support. <laughs> so, so little Katie, you're seven years old, and uh, you happen to be an NFL expert. We have our friend Andy Major here. Say hi to Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi, Katie. How are you? Good. What's shaking, bacon? 
I wish there was some bacon. I'm a little hungry. So anyway, Katie, are you ready? You ready to give us your locks of the week? Yep, I've got some you three of them. Do you want to hear them? I do want to hear them, sure. Okay, number one. The Raiders were squeaked by the Packers, but man, that Coach Grundin has got the crazy eyes. <laughs> yes, he does. John Crazy Eyes Gruden, you're exactly right. I, I could be him for Halloween. <laughs> yes, you could. But my eyes were hurt, and, and then I'd have to go home. My eyes hurt. Yeah, that wouldn't be so much fun. What's lock number two? Number two, the Cowboys will will get off the schneid and nip the Eagles. Well, Katie, do you know what the schneid is? Yeah, I know what it is. Do you know? No, I was hoping that you'd tell me. (laughs) And what about a Bears prediction? You usually give us the Bears game. Uh, Well, that's number three. And the Bears are back from the bye and will rule the Saints 27-17. Oh, that's great news. 27-17. I like that. That seems like a very logical prediction, actually, when you think about it. Sure, some people might say it's a long shot, but little Katie, she's laying it out. She's thought about it. She's run the numbers. You know, she's a second grader. She's not here to fool around. Of course not. That's right. I'm in business, baby. (laughs) All right. Well, that's good stuff, little Katie. I appreciate you being on. Okay, thank you. I got a skill, Mr. Cochran. Later, Gator. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very advanced young person, don't you think? Yeah. You know, I, I miss the days of being that uh, that uh, vivacious and, you know, just not having anything to worry about, you know? Let's be honest. You were not that smart when you were seven. No, never. I don't think I was that smart when I was 15. Yeah, well, me, I'm, I'm, I'm probably testing today. <laughs> it's uh, 923, and uh, we'll, we'll take one more break. We'll come back. Got a couple more things to do before the news at the bottom of the hour. On 720 WGN. It is the Steve Cochran Show. It's 925. All right, so uh, President Trump uh, on General Mattis said he was an incredibly overrated general. General Mattis hit back last night. He was speaking at an event and said, you know, I'm just going to read you the quote uh, verbatim. I'm not just an overrated general. I'm the greatest, the world's most overrated. This is at the Al Smith Memorial Foundation dinner, which is always a lot of laughs. He said, I'm honored to be considered that by Donald Trump because he also called Meryl Streep an overrated actress. He said, so I guess I'm the Meryl Streep of generals, and frankly, that sounds pretty good to me. He continued on uh, talking about uh, the fact that uh, uh, Trump uh, considers himself to be an expert on the military. And um, he went on to say, well, I earned my spurs on the battlefield. Donald Trump earned his spurs in a letter from his doctor. More laughs, and then also uh, talked about the fact that he knows the military because he's very close to Colonel Sanders. I'm telling you, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, again, Donald Trump always talks about if you hit me, I hit back. Well, you hit General Mattis, he hits back, he hits back pretty well. All right, does anybody on the show do yoga? No, but I'd uh, I, I think the the, the biggest. Fear for me is walking into a room and uh, being expected to do all that stuff and not be able to do all that stuff. It is really hard. I've I've done it a few times. Would you recommend it? Definitely. For Pat, for who? Well, anybody. <laughs> uh, Pat Brady uh, got into it because Sandberg used to be on this show. Uh, talked him into it, and he loves it now. Does he do the sweat yoga? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. What about the uh, it's hot yoga? yoga? The hot, hot yoga. yoga. Yeah, I call it the sweat yoga. Cause it's yeah. I don't think it's called hot yoga either. Just, I've never done it. I think it's called Bikram or something like that. Bikram. It's oh, is that that crazy guy? 
the Bikram guy? That might be. I don't know. What? I heard that. I heard that thrown around a little bit. Bikram, uh, the Maharishi Bikram, or whatever his name was, he's featured on sixty Minutes, yelling <laughs> at everybody. I don't. Want or, uh, not sixty Minutes on uh, Gumble's show, uh, Real Sports. Anyway, the reason I bring all this up is, there's, you know, they had the goat yoga mm-hmm. and the trend. There's something now called rage yoga. Okay. Right. <laughs> Oh, Is you that can you go to the Flyers game? And- it's like hot ice. Uh, here we go. An alternative twist to deep breathing and meditation. Instructor Amanda Kaufman in Kansas City said she started practicing yoga seven years ago. And two years ago, she came across a new technique that is said to be more her style. A lot of people stay away from yoga because they think, well, I'm not good enough for that. And people are going to think about my poses. She started rage yoga. The technique is different because instead of calming your mind, you're bringing out everything you've ever wanted to say. Instead of just trying to push it out quietly, you're going to push it out and you're going to be loud. With loud, explicit music as a soundtrack for the class, the participants were encouraged to yell, scream, cuss, and make obscene gestures. <laughs> I love this. This is like I love unfiltered it. yoga. It sounds like uh, Frank Costanza's airing of the grievances for Festivus. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to run in there and scream. Do we have to stretch or anything? No! It's it's hard because you have to be so quiet in yoga, and right. I am like I like to talk and just you know talk to people around me, and everybody's like shh, quiet. I'm like I'm right. be quiet. Aren't the Flyers offering this at their stadium? Yeah, this is the rage uh, the thing. The rage where, yoga room. Yeah, uh. and then they send you out. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have rage yoga where? What do you wear? Well, I would hope, right? <laughs> I would hope she's smart enough to develop a line of that as yeah. well. But Rage Yoga. It's just in Kansas City now, but I have a feeling it may catch on. Uh, and uh, I don't know what it costs, but I do know that the only time <laughs> I did yoga was uh, many years ago uh, with my daughter. And the lady with the headset microphone on came by and said, Just go as far as you can. Just bend as far as you can. And is that as far as you can go, by the way? Yeah, and I went, uh, you know people can hear you. you. And finally, I hope you're okay, and I hope you have survived. There was a big Chicago Med, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire crossover event this week. And in case you missed it, all those shows take place in Chicago. And flesh-eating bacteria was unleashed on the city. I saw the previews for that. Yeah. So, anybody itchy? My arm hearts. Have you asked Grzanich? Yeah, Grzanich could be the carrier. Could have the itch. The Grzanich itch. Patient zero. Weaponizing the virus. (laughs) Yeah. So if Grzanich isn't in here on Monday, you'll know we've got him quarantined. Uh, Can I go straight to the news here? Doug Kleppen standing by. Let's get to those headlines now. 720 WGN. All right, how'd you like a pair of tickets to the Meekham Chicago 2019 taking place uh, October 24th through the 26th? That's next weekend at the Renaissance Schaumburg Convention Center. Andy, have you been there? That's a cool hotel. I have not been there, but uh, I'd love to go cool to the show. Yeah. World's lar- you can't win these tickets. I know. Uh, well, I'll tell you when to call in in a second. The world's largest collector car auction company, a thousand American muscle cars, classics, vets, trucks, hot rods, and more get consigned for sale for the big event. Meekum, M-E-C-U-M, Meekum.com for details. And the boss is here. Uh, Dave, identify yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Dave Majors. I'm the CEO with Meekum Auctions. And you were running Country Insurance prior to that. I was with Country Insurance for, I believe, 37 years. So uh, I'm pretty local. I grew up in uh, Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, live in Chicago now. And we're excited to be coming to Schaumburg. This is kind of a home game for us with our corporate offices in southern Wisconsin. So um, you start out with Country insurance as an agent no i've always been in the accounting department so okay i started but you're a staff accountant, accountant back in and, the day yeah i did a lot of different accounting positions and then, what was your uh, first cool car that you bought oh 
My my first car, uh, probably that I would love to have back today, was a '73 Grand Torino Sport with a 351 Cleveland. It was an automatic. It you were messing around every time it shifted. Yeah, <laughs> you white were with not. a blue light racing stripe. Wow. So I keep looking for it at every auction we go to. So you're a car guy from way back. Uh, yeah, my dad and I uh, restored, uh, tried to restore a 1927 Chevrolet truck when I was 14. That was my my foray into cars, and I would say that uh, it was probably the world's worst restoration job. The guy that bought it from us would have been better off if he'd have bought it before we started than after. <laughs> so but my you know first and only restoration project. You know your way around a wrench, though? Uh, not so much. I'm I'm more of a driver than a wrench guy. I got it. Yeah. Yep, I understand that, and I appreciate it. Uh, tell everybody what goes on at these auctions. Well, this is uh, this Schomburg auction is uh, probably our second oldest auction. We'll have a thousand beautiful collector cars there from all over the you know the country, all over the uh, years, the makes, the models. We even have a few cars that are that are from outside of the U.S. that were manufactured outside sure. of the U.S. One of my favorites. Um, we start the auction at one o'clock on Thursday afternoon. Uh, we'll run a car a car across the block every two minutes once we start nonstop until we finish a thousand cars. Usually around seven o'clock on on Saturday evening. And uh, if any of the auctioneers die during the event, you just bring it back up. <laughs> we we have a bus full. Uh, I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would think because uh, uh, collector cars are so emotional. You must have had a time or two where somebody uh, gives you a car to auction off, and they want it back. Yeah, and, and probably two of my favorite stories. Um, four or five years ago, we had a, a 1970 uh, Hemi uh, Cuda convertible okay. that we sold in, uh, in Seattle. And that car sold for about three and a half million dollars. And at the, at the end, of, I'm sorry, it was a Challenger. At the end of the uh, auction, uh, as the bidding was going on and approaching three and a half million dollars, the seller decided he did not want to sell the car. And so, as people were cheering and congratulating him, he was he was the only person in the room that was extremely upset. And one of my favorite moments ever in the auction, we we have what's called a step and repeat uh, that we park cars in front of after they cross the block for for picture purposes. And I was I was saw his. Car car in front of that step and repeat and i watched him walk up from the passenger side rear of the car he leaned into the window of the car and you could see him talking to the car and as he came out of the window he turned and walked towards the back of the car and as he got towards the trunk he reached up and patted the the top of the car as if to say goodbye that's saying goodbye to a family member that's an emotional attachment there's no question actually, about it. And if you think about that, $3.5 million, he told us not to send him the check for the car right away because emotionally he wasn't ready to How receive about it. that? Yeah. All right. Now, look, we can all uh, find a blue book value on anything. There's no such thing as a blue book value on a collector's car, right? Well, I, not only uh, no such thing as a blue book value, but um, it's an auction. So you, you never really know when you get two or three or four people that have an emotional attachment to that car, like we all have an emotional attachment to some car, and, and they've come specifically for that, and they're not going home with it. So What's the biggest surprise you ever had in, one, in that regard? Um, we, we see cars all the time that, you know, not necessarily the biggest dollar amounts, but I've seen a, uh, a Willis Jeep that a uh, guy brought to auction, had a reserve of $45,000 on it, went for 128 That's a pretty good day. Because two guys were... 
you know, rock horns, and and neither one of them was was going to give up. And I would say at every auction, there's probably two or three of those where you're just shocked at how far the the bid runs. Andy, uh, you know, having grown up in the 70s, mm-hmm. all you need is a couple of rich guys with uh, the car that means the most to them. The, yes. girl, the car they used to take parking with the high school girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, get a couple of guys fighting over it, and the money the money won't stop. Yeah. That's the that's the fun thing about our events. You know, it's not every car is a story. Yeah, right? It's not just an auction. It's a car show, and the people that have come bring their families to to teach them about their history and about history in general through automobiles one of my favorite stories forever in our auctions uh, dana meekham and i were sitting in the chairs one day before the auction started and an older gentleman walked up and said you know i've come to buy that 53 buick that's sitting out there because i remember when i was five years old my dad bought a 53 buick and he brought it home and he loaded me and my three brothers in the back seat and he was so proud of his car he took us to get milkshakes and as soon as he handed mine, I spilled my milkshake in the back seat of the car. And I said to him, so this is a car just like that one that your dad had? He said, no, that is the car. And the milkshake, milkshake stain is still Come in the back seat. Wow. I'm here to buy that car because I'm giving it to my 93-year-old father for Father's Day this How year. How great is that? So we took our television cameras and we followed him home for Father's Day for him to give that wow. car to his father. And That's said, a what? choke-up moment. All those, you know, all those stories that goes with cars. It's not about the cars. It's about the stories. Yeah, well, that is tremendous. How many cars do you have? Uh, I have more than my share right now. You know, I think I, if you admit it, you'll have to kill me. One I of think those I have 12 or 13 at this point. That, uh, <laughs> if my wife is listening, I'm in big trouble. Now. Yeah, I was going to say, what, she might not know about. what's the number you're telling me versus the actual number? <laughs> yeah. Um, again, kids, uh, this is an opportunity for you to get out to an actual Meekum Chicago uh, auto auction. Of course, you see this on NBC Sportsnet. And by the way, congratulations. You're going to see it on NBC Sportsnet for the next several years. We will be on NBC Sports uh, through 2020. 24 we uh, we put together that relationship with NBC Sports in 2014 so we're finishing up our fifth year and uh, just a couple of months ago uh, I signed a new agreement with NBC Sports and NBC to to be on uh, the NBC family of networks now through 2024 so it's been a great relationship for our company and it's been a it's been a great relationship for NBC as well and I think that that unusual long-term contract that NBC usually doesn't do uh, is a testament well they got a winner yeah. Right? Yeah. This is, it's not hard in this business to go. If it works, we'll keep it. Yeah. Uh, Super Joe, what caller would you like to go to for this? I would like to go to caller number 21. Caller 21 will get a tickets again. Uh, get tickets to this again. This is next Sunday. If people want to buy tickets to this, and they should, do they go to the Meekum website? You can buy tickets on Meekum.com. You can also buy tickets to the door. And, and very special for this event only, uh, since it is kind of a home game for us, uh, on Saturday at the event, if you come to the event wearing uh, Blackhawks gear mm-hmm. or Illinois State University gear, both very near and dear to my heart, yeah, I can't figure out uh, why. you can get, in, uh, get into the auction instead of $30 for $10. Oh, nice. Or you can get a bidder badge for half price. Very nice. And by the way, I also have uh, a very good friend of mine, Jim Cornelison, that sings the national anthem for the friend Chicago Blackhawks. Well. Yeah. He will be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to sing the national yeah. anthem for us. That's tremendous. Cornelison's the best. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. A good dude. Um, all right, so you have your marching orders. If anybody is interested in getting a car in one of the upcoming auctions down the road, uh, all the explanations right there on the website on how to get that done? Not only not only can you have explanations about the auction itself and how to get in and get to the auction, but every one of the cars is on that website with beautiful pictures at Meekum.com. 
Your photographer must be the most important guy in the company. We, you know, automotive photographers photographers are um, are we're very selective about who we choose, and we I'll have a, we have a pretty good stable of photographers all over the country that take those pictures and uh, their artwork in themselves. And uh, again, the bidding will take place all day. From the moment you start till the 1,000th car is gone. Can you remote bid? That you can remote bid via the uh, internet if you register in advance. And then we also have phone bidding. But contrary to common belief, phone bidding is all outbound calling. So you register with us for a particular car, and then we call you when that car crosses the block. It's pretty difficult to watch on TV and see a car you like and call us up to bid because we, we move so quickly. Like I said, a car every two minutes. And I would assume the majority of people are there live because they want the moment. And and we like, we like live auctions. The phone bidding and the internet bidding is an accommodation for those that just can't absolutely make it there but it's it's an event it's loud it's fast it's exciting and we want to keep it that way we don't want all of our bidders to be to be sitting at home doing bidding and last word as i look at the schedule what is road art well, road art is uh that's a, a trademark name that we use for auto memorabilia okay so it's mostly uh, old gas pumps road signs neon signs oh, cool and and that's a that's a big business and those things can be very expensive we we've sold uh, recently a 48 inch round double-sided porcelain sign for two hundred and seventy three thousand dollars Good Lord. That's amazing. You know, my dad's been gone for years, but I would love to be able to take him to something like this. So, uh, you know, if you've got a moment uh, you want to spend with a father or your mom or your grandfather or, or grandmother, don't put it off. Do yeah, it next it's weekend. a spectacular family event. I'll bet it is, yeah. Uh, nice to see you. Yeah, good Welcome to see here you. anytime. Thanks for having me. I hope to see you out at the auction. We, yeah. I can show you where to get the bitter badges this week. Okay. Next weekend. All right. Yeah, i got to spend all $500,000. <laughs> uh, Chris and Evans did just one ticket to the event, which is fantastic. So congratulations, Chris. Have a great time. And thank you, boss. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Meekum.com. M-E-C-U-M. Meekum.com. All right. What's uh, coming up at 10 o'clock? Well, that would be your Bill and Wendy. We'll do that in just a few minutes and come back with more next. 847. Hi, Steve. The milkshake car story just made me cry. Man, choke me up, too. What a cool story that is. Yeah. And you rem- I remember all the cars that my dad and my mom and my grandparents had. I mean, they weren't fancy cars. Right? That, no. You just remember. Doesn't have to be. Yeah. Tell you a sweet story about a Ford Galaxy. Okay. My father had a, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, sort of a mint chocolate chip Ford Galaxy, <laughs> that kind of a look. <clears throat> and my father was a heavy smoker. So, you know, it was, uh, it basically had a Pall Mall interior. But we had a dog. Our first dog was Ginger. And yeah. Ginger was a Cocker Spaniel. And Ginger, unfortunately, had a bad case of mange and eventually uh, had to be put down. Well, my father didn't have the guts to tell my brother and I that uh, Ginger had to be put to sleep, so we said she ran away. And I have this lingering memory of my father leaning up against the Ford Galaxy, smoking the Pall Malls, as my brother and I are wandering around a field going, Ginger! Come on, girl, where are you? It's not quite as touching as the last story about the uh, the guy in the car and the milkshake. <laughs> Ah, uh, good times. <laughs> yeah, my husband's uh, grandfather owned a, a Chevy dealership in northern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, my husband is in love with cars. I mean, he just... Well, sure. Part of his youth. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I, I can barely remember my first car, and that's all he talks about, you know? I had a convertible, Ooh. and uh, it cost about $100 <laughs> because it basically uh, had the weakest engine ever in existence. And I don't want to say what kind of car it is because somebody might have one and have mm-hmm. an emotional attachment to it. But you had to be going downhill to get that sucker going up the speed limit. 
Um, and if the rubber band broke on the engine, you had nothing but trouble. But that, and I, I had a, a Subaru with a rusted-out floorboard, and you had to have a board. I, I literally had a plank that would be over the rusted-out floorboard, so it was raining, the mud wouldn't splash up on me. You just stick your feet down there and mm-hmm. Do a little Fred Flintstone, yeah. Go full Flintstones. <laughs> So, all right, what's everybody doing this weekend? How about you, Mary? What are you doing? Ah, uh, what am I doing? Um, hanging out with my daughter. Then I, th- uh, I, oh, I have a dance thing I have to do tomorrow. I have okay. to perform. Yikes. A little nervous. Super Joe, I know you got a busy weekend. Yeah, I'm seeing the uh, Northwestern Ohio State game tonight with my cousin, his, uh, his wife, and um, his father in law. Should be a great time. What are you doing? Uh, Super Joe, tonight, Emil Esposito will be inducted into the Illinois Golf Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and I will be there for that. Are you doing the inducting? Uh, no, I did a speech to to, uh, to get him over the hump, uh, which was way overdue. But uh, it's an honor just to be there. Pat Brady and I will be there. Pat takes lessons from Emil and is a good friend of Emil's. And um, I think I've coerced Maureen into going as well, because she loves Emil. Nice. You were invited, right? Ooh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. So, so yeah, when you're invited, you usually don't show up. But when you're not invited, you will show up. And tomorrow night, I'm going to see our friend Jim Gaffigan uh, in town all weekend. And then Sunday, i got the Blackhawks. I'm going out three nights in a row. Nice. Oh, my God. Am I going to see you there on Sunday? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. I mean, if you can make it with your severe injury this morning from your flu shot. <laughs> I'll let you know if I feel better. Uh, okay. Uh, and we're coming back with uh, Bill and Wendy next on 720 WGN. Bill and Wendy are here, and this is my favorite part where I go, what do you guys have on the show today? Bill? Well, today, music historian Gary Wenstrup will be on because it is the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road, one of the greatest albums in rock and roll history. So he'll tell us uh, the name of the band that put out the Abbey Road album <laughs> and if they're still in show business. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. We, we have no yeah. idea. Did, I, did they ever amount to anything? No one knows. He'll know. He'll tell us. There's no way we can find out. No, there's, there's no internet. The music historian. Hooked up. And then uh, at high noon, you'll go internet. Yeah. Yes. 100%. WGN Extra. Yeah. How's that working out? It's fun. It's crazy. You guys cursing? Yeah. I don't curse. We think swear air. words. We don't say them, but they we sound think great. Them. Yeah. Th- thank you, Steve. Steve's doing the Winterest Business Lunch, so he doesn't get a chance to hear. So Wendy and I reenact the show for Steve when we're done. He actually <laughs> said he took that noon hour job just so he wouldn't listen. <laughs> yeah, that's still crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Was that out loud? Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you on Monday.